Good morning, everybody! It looks like it's time for another lecture with the Dub Talk Podcast! So, we just have a couple of warnings as usual. Remember, everybody, the Dub Talk Podcast may contain strong language that may not be suitable for viewers and students of a younger audience or with gentler ears. So, listener discretion is advised. Also, there's a strong possibility that spoilers for an anime series or video game series that you're playing may happen. So be very, very careful while listening if that series is one you're playing or watching right now. We suggest that you come and go take a study break before coming back to this lecture. There may be a quiz at the end. Also, it seems that a super high school level fanboy and fangirl got a little too excited here today. So this episode might be a teensy bit longer than all the other classes. But with that, we hope you enjoy. Also, be a little bit wary about that weird white-headed kid with the curly hair. It might be a little unlucky. Also, there might be a body or two lying around. But other than that, enjoy! Welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where a group of despairs get together and discuss their thoughts on a recent English dub announcement or review the dub of a series that was released on DVD and Blu-ray. Poo, I'm poo, Stephanie. Poo 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 poo. Oh, which I don't have to do this time. <laughs> oh, we're 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 gonna be having some fun tonight. I'm Stephanie, of course, and I'm joined today by Megan, Zenith, and Andrew. What a glorious despair we have for us today. Uh, the four of us are back together again as we continue our ongoing project as we tackle the anime series from the Daigon Rampa video game franchise. Today, we're going to be discussing one half of the newest Daigon Rampa series to be currently airing for the summer season. We're going to be tackling Daigon Rampa 3, The End of Hope's Peak Academy, The Despair Arc. For those who are unfamiliar with this half of D3, here's a quick little sum- summary that uh, I lazy ass me pulled from the Funimation website. Um, Hope's Peak High School is a special school that nurtures those with exceptional talents and abilities. While only top students are a part of the main course, anyone can join the preparatory course, like Hajime Hinata has. Hinata wants nothing more than to be part of the talented elite, but his desires lead him to a fateful encounter that drives the future of the school into despair. Uh, for those who are completely, completely unfamiliar with the Dagon Rapper franchise itself, um, this half of the series, we're actually following the characters from the second video game, Dagon Rapper 2, Goodbye Despair, before, and spoilers right off the bat, before these characters become known as the remnants of despair. As always, we're going to be going through the press release from Funimation as we discuss our predictions, thoughts on the casting, and impressions of the first three episodes of the dub. And, as an added bonus, because uh, if you are familiar with the franchise, there is a English dub for the second game. So what we're going to also be talking about are the voice actors from that video game, and seeing whether or not they might have or might not have been able to return to this series. Uh, because I know, of course, probably one of the larger complaints from the first Daigon Rampa anime series was the lack of the video game voice actors reprising their roles, minus Bryce, of course. Um, Which is why, this is why Megan has an entire list of predictions, because she was like, 
I have no idea what's going on. Fuck it. Let's just try to recast everybody anyway. Good. Yeah. We have an episode. But, yeah, but we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, so whether or not they return, we'll find out. But the end result may actually surprise you. Um, with that being said, are we ready to fall into an even greater despair? You mean no. even greater than having to leave the episode because somebody's got to poop? No, no, I, I, I'm not ready for despair because, like Nagito, I am all about that hope. All about that butt hope. <laughs> so, Zenith is in fact a trash can. <laughs> did did I mention that despair will lead us to hope? Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to the trash can in a little despair while. Despair um... <laughs> feels so good. So oh, good. Oh, I'm getting god. a despair over here. <laughs> oh my god. So I'm experienced in these feels. Oh god. So why don't we start off um, with the ADR directors? There's um, some co-directors in here. Uh, the press release did not state whether or not there was an assistant or scriptwriter uh, at this point. But in terms of prediction-wise, um. It's probably safe to say we all were assumed that Christopher Bevins was coming back as a director. Yeah. Water um, is wet, sky actually, is blue. Actually, no, I did not. Oh, really? Were you thinking it might have been someone else? I was thinking McFarland. Of course you were thinking McFarland. Because I always put him because I always want him to voice a character. You you know you can always put him in a dub and he doesn't have to be a director prediction. <laughs> no, but then the Illuminati won't, won't, like, we have to continue this running gag. I actually, I actually had a prediction for like the co-director because I've, I I'd had predictions for co-directors and writer as well. I, I didn't I didn't think of writer, but I was thinking for co well, I, for co-director since we were going to, if they were in fact going to get Cali back, I figured they'd try to get a director from California that they were in good contacts with. So I had two in mind. I had for one. I had Tony Oliver on the ground that he was, in fact, the voice director for the first two video games, as well as Todd Haberkorn on the ground that he's done ADR directing when they were doing the, the disappearance of Nagato Yuki-chan. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm also going to jump in, because Todd was one of my assistant director picks because of that reason, as well as I believe he was also the assistant ADR director for Attack on Titan Jr. Oh yeah, good, that's true too. Uh, alongside Felicia Angel. So he definitely has the LA side handle. Um, I also put Jeremy Inman as an assistant potentially as well, um, because him and Bevins have worked on quite a few dubs together as directors. And then writer-wise, as much as... We had gripes with the script from the first game. I kind of went with the assumption that Tatum might come back as the scriptwriter. No, no, no. I, I actually said Caitlin Glass because I think she would be a much breath of fresh air compared to, I'm sorry, Tatum, but you Tatum's that shit up. In fairness, we don't actually know who the writer for this one the is. writer is. So yep. I'm going to be honest. There is a very decent possibility Tatum could, in fact, still beyond this but we do not know and it does it, not feel like a tatum script though like I, I it really <sighs> doesn't well, okay so first things first off the bat before we say who the co-director is i'm gonna say whoever you are writer of these series you're doing a much better job already holy shit if i were to speculate a writer based on writers who have worked with bevins before team really I would say, Team really? Well, no, 
I would say based on who who have been scriptwriters for projects that Bevins have directed, I would say there's a good possibility Jamie Markey might be the writer. There's also a decent possibility that I would say Jared Hedges is a writer as well. So, but we don't know for sure. Um, but anyway, the co-director uh, for Diagon Rampa 3's Despair arc, because of course, Chris, as mentioned before, Christopher Bevins is back in both arcs. He's, he is the director for both arcs. Um, the co-director for both arcs, I'm going to say this right now, uh, Christian Lamont. Lamonte? Lamont? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're unfamiliar with the directing work for these two, Bevins in particular, we've discussed him several times, so he's the ADR director for Heroic Legend of Arslan, of course, the first Daigonrapa series, uh, Selector Infected and uh, Spread Wixis, uh, Devil is a Part-Timer, uh, Michiko and Hachin, Roman Gun, and a variety of other ones. Uh, Christian Lamont, though, uh, he's actually really new, because this is the list of credits he has right now. Voice direction for both arcs of Daigonrapa 3, Script work for Garo the Animation, and voice direction work for Tales of Sisteria the X. That's it. He, he's had one role of voice acting role to date in Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt December Sky, the film. That's all his credits listed on ANN as of right now. Interesting. So we have a we yeah, we have a really fresh face coming in here. Um so in terms of on the directing front, because again, we don't know who the writer is. On the directing front, how do we feel about the Sparrow's direction as of right now? I love it. Um, I, I honestly, like, I will have gripes, and I will state them, but for the most part, after episode one, um, there's no problems. And especially episode two, which is the infamous episode. <laughs> episode uh, two was fucking fucking It was hilarious. fantastic. It's fucking It fucking. was hilarious, and it's it's really like it's in the dub the way they do it the way they handle everything like i did have my gripes in the first episode but most of them went away when i saw what they did with that so kudos to the director yeah. kudos i like, i i tip my hat in your general direction yes because i because i know i know i've talked about this a few times with megan like she pointed out that it's essentially it is like a tragedy in a sense like we who are familiar with the series know what the end result is going to be. Yep. And Those of you who do not know the end result, because you are probably like Megan, who has only just started playing SDR2, but doesn't care about, like, who has had it spoiled for her, like, years ago. I I'm sorry. I again, I if you've never met me, or you've never been to a con where I live, a lot of my really good friends do Danganronpa cosplay, and they do a lot of Danganronpa panels with Q&As, and a lot of them are SDR2 cosplayers specifically. My point is this. I don't know where this is going. I know what the end result will be. And to me, so far, it's outside of, like, My Hero Academia and Grimgar, only because I have not watched 91 Days. This is my anime of the year so far. I'd say my biggest gripe where I can't completely crown anything from the series is that this is a you kind of need some context to get some of this stuff it's not you need, yeah you need and, some I, and i do understand that but i enjoy a lot of this is again this is also judging it as a prequel to this there's a this lot of small true. intricacies i like in the writing i like in the animation 
And I like that foreshadows, and I think the directing does a really good job of that. There's yep. a lot of and foreshadowing. I, think, I really like a lot. Of I think also the directing of Despair Arc's dub has immense respect for what Danganronpa is. Yep. And um, what I because yeah. again because in because in the case of Despair Arc again, like for those who don't know the franchise itself or who especially who aren't familiar with the second game, it's a good lead-in for them to the second game. But the, for those who have either seen a playthrough or have played the actual second game, it's interesting for them because they get to see that journey for these characters. You see the so, fall. Yeah, like as, as you'll as you'll see as we go through the cast of characters, you're gonna see that they really gave a damn this time about I, about this. I yeah. Can I say that, some? I'm sorry. I, I just want to argue a point. I actually argue that some of the direction in this anime may be slightly stronger. Than in the game for a lot of the returning things because I think one of my I'll talk about this later but there's a certain character who I actually feel sounds much more natural and genuine in this anime than he does in some parts of the game. Mm-hmm. I have that I have that same that same thought process. There is a character in the anime for the dub here that I thought that I think as of right now is much better than the game version, but we'll get to her in a bit. So. Um, one of my favorite things about this, and this was for the point that I think, I don't know if it was Zenith or you, Steph, or Andrew, I can't, I kind of lost track in it, um, about the conversation was that there's two sides to this. It's for those of you who've played, uh, for newcomers, I don't know if this is going to especially play into it unless you've watched Future Arc and you didn't, and you didn't listen to us and did Future Arc first. Because again, in Future Arc, if you've never seen the first episode for that, um, which we do suggest before watching it, you do see what they're doing, the remnants. Mm-hmm. Um, you do see what they're doing. And the word I want to use is bittersweet. Is, I will say this, the first episode of Despair Arc is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, it is, the and the first half of the second episode is just effing hilarious. And there's such a bittersweetness to this series that comes with the despair. Mm-hmm. It's, Be- you're, you, you're upset and you're saddened by watching what these these good people are becoming. Yep. But at the same time, you kind of, you're like, there's this sick, twisted part of you that wants to see them break. But we can do that when we wrap up uh, in the end, because I'd rather talk about characters. Yes, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll state we, my thoughts on the series uh, it, when we get to I that agree, point. I agree, but it's like a, the series is basically fate zero from the beginning know the end even though you want them to succeed everybody's gonna die everybody's gonna break and urubuchi's gonna jerk himself off i would say right now the consensus in terms of directing much much better um from the first anime series much much better probably part of this is also due to the writing which we don't know who the writer is as of right now Uh, good job mystery person it it would it would be difficult to be worse than danganronpa one but yeah oh oh god uh, ultimate Otaku teacher. Anyway. <laughs> okay, but, uh, you got me there. You got me okay. there. Okay, yeah. But anyway, uh, we're going to start talking about these characters. So, just like last time, the majority of these characters are going to be in pairs. There are a few that are going to be left separate. Um, but the first pair we're going to talk about... Are new characters. These two characters... Yes, they are... Technically, they are not in the video game. Technically. Technically. Um, one of them is... One of them is talked about in the video. I think both are talked um, about, actually. These two characters... Well, one of them not talked about by name. Fair, fair. I don't think. Um, but 
the reason why we're bringing these two up, they are prominent in the third episode, and because there is a class trial and a case, or a motivation surrounding these two characters in the video game. So we're going to be talking about, uh, I'm looking at my wrong list here. We are going to be talking about Sato, who is a friend of Mahiro Koizumi's, uh, the ultimate photographer, who we'll get to in a little bit. And Natsumi, and Natsumi, and Natsumi Kuzuuryu, a.k.a. the super high school Kuzuryu. level little sister. Because the big thing with these two characters in particular, because Natsumi is the younger sister of Fuyuhiko, um, who we'll get to in a little while as well. Uh, and the big thing with these two characters is in the second video game, the motivation that Monokuma gives to these to the cast is this old style arcade game based that tells a story of like a murder. Come to find out later, it's about the murder of Fuyuhiko's little sister. Yep. Did anyone possibly have predictions for Sato and Natsumi? I did not. I thought I, I no, thought because, I had some for Natsumi. Um, I thought I had some for Natsumi, but apparently I did not. Uh, um, my prediction for Sato was a gigantic teddy bear, and uh, for Natsumi, I had uh, a, a fedora. Okay. Believe. So okay. I, there's all, I want to say this quick thing about Natsumi before we go on to who they are. So it's revealed that Fuyuhiko Kuzuryu, he's a blush face baby face. That's the thing. Yeah. And the other He's crucial... cuter than I am. How is that possible? Yes, how is that possible? And the other crucial thing, because we only ever see her when the, the blood was drained from her face. So now we see her with the blood still in her face. And she also has the yep. blush face. Now, this is leading to my ultimate theory about the Kuzuryu family genes, how... Their father is a gruff, buff, scarred to shit, has a giant dragon tattoo, has a JoJo-style face, has cold, dead, piercing eyes, and still has a blush face. And still has, like, a blush <laughs> face on him. So now you're imagining the gangster-esque, Yakuza-type, JoJo-looking motherfucker with the blushy baby face. And that is the best oh my God. thing ever. So, the voice is behind these two characters. <laughs> um, the voice behind Sato. Uh, that would be Miss Lucy Christian. Uh, meanwhile, Natsumi Kuzuryu, uh, that would be Miss Afya Yu. In terms of Lucy Christian, she is a very well-known voice actress at this point, as her most notable role would be Nami from One Piece. Uh, but she's also voiced characters in Angel Beats. Uh, let's see... Aquarian Evil, Bamboo Blade, Bodacious Space Pirates. The motherfucking Ochako. <laughs> Clan Head. Don't forget Best uh, Mama Ever, uh, motherfucking Medusa Gorgon from Soul Eater. Soul Eater, yep. Best uh, Mom Ever? <laughs> she's in Fractal. She's the lead Kan Kaname Chidori from Full Metal Panic. She's Wrath from Full Metal Alchemist, both series. Um, as well as a variety of other roles, like Soul Eater has just mentioned, Log Horizon, yada yada yada. And Afia Yu! We just keep falling in love with Afia Yu more and more lately. Um, you might have heard her as Nakamura from Assassination Classroom. She is, um, Tam Tama Arai from ba Barakamon. Uh, let's see. She's Yukari from Divine Gate. She is in Guilty Crown. She is in... Uh, and probably again, her most notable role would be Chihiro Komiya from Shonen Maid. Um, so I did you say Nakamura Chihiro. What does everybody else think about Sato and Natsumi right now? 
I wanted or, to. Well, or well, their performances in general, because technically <laughs> both of these characters are dead now. <laughs> <laughs> you dead? Oh shit, they did. They, uh, they, ha they had did. one too much Pepto Bismol, and it didn't go well. I wanted to punch <laughs> Saito. I wanted to punch Afi's girl in the face. Um, you she was such an asshole. Like, oh my god. She was such a convincing bag of dicks. Oh yeah. And Definitely. Saito was just not so. Like yeah. Lucy like, was what? like they, they were fantastic. Yeah, I believed Sato a lot better in the dub compared to the Japanese because what Lucy did, she made her more crazy. Cuz Sato uh, yeah. to an extent is a little bit loopy. Um, she, she is, but at, at the um I think what works too is that you can understand she believes what she believes what she's doing is right. Yep. And she's doing this for her friend and while she may be reading way too much into things um I, I think she's coming from a place that is genuine you know she she believes that you know natsumi is going to do something bad she legitimately believed that natsumi was going to kill her best friend to get a position and i think that was conveyed mm -hmm. better in the english which i will give i will agree with you on it but i also yep, uh, yeah. i'll say this i think uh afia's portrayal of not to me, while also doing a really good job at making her, like, a hilariously adorable piece of shit, actually made her, like, pretty sympathetic as well, to where it's like, I yep. want to not feel like a burden having to rely on daddy all the time, or having to rely on big bro all the time. I want to be seen for myself and be able to stand alongside that, and to do that, I have to be seen with talent. To where she gets to the point where... I respect Natsumi on the ground that I feel like she could have convinced Hajime to stay the course, to live his life, and to stay by best girl by the fountain playing video games. I mean, honestly, because another point here for the dub, like, Afia's portrayal of Natsumi definitely helped give the proper motivation for Hajime. And I think it was yeah. conveyed a lot better, because by the end of the third episode, he's made this big decision, which when we talk about Hajime, we'll discuss that a little bit more. Um, he's made this big cha life-changing decision that's going to alter, like, not only his future, but the future of a variety of other Everybody. Characters. The future yep. of everyone's future. Now, um, I was a little bit iffy on her performance in the first episode. I thought it was good, but I thought... Oh, you mean the um, little the voice... thing at the end? You, you, yeah, the little thing at the end of episode two? Yeah, two. I, episode two was like, okay. But then she really... That's she the one she really, really came across in episode three. I also really... It came a lot better, yeah. I really liked how they were playing the 16-bit music from the game, which I thought was a really nice touch when they were introducing her talking. It was. Yeah, bottom I, line, I, we love these two. These are good. They're all good and dandy and fucking dead, like all of your hopes and dreams. Hooray! Um, so are we ready to move on? Yes. Okay. So we have our first solo character uh, for the episode today. Um, he is also a new character for both Despair Arc and Future Arc. So we're going to be talking about him twice. The character... Um, we're gonna talk about um, is Ryota Mitarai. Um, Ryota, he is a part of uh, the class of these cast of characters. He is deemed the super high school level ultimate animator. 
uh, of the group. But there is also something rather interesting with this character, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, Prediction-wise, what did people have for predictions? I got this right, actually. I'm pissed. Um, I, I got... Uh, I got this wrong, but then again, I potentially could get it right later on. Okay, I got the two I had for Ryota were Joel McDonald and Aaron Dismuke. Funny story, I had Joel McDonald as one of my Ryota predictions. So, there we go. Um, my other two, uh, actually, I'll just say, because I had three, I'll leave one of them out for now because it's going to be part of a little discussion later. Um, my other prediction that I got wrong was Dallas Rookie. Okay. All right. My predictions were Micah Solosad, the ones I got to get right, Dallas Reed, Clifford Chapin, or what I just referred to as a wheel of dude. <laughs> wheel of Megan's wheel of man. All right, oh, Zenith, did you have any for Ryota? Uh, I had Vic Maderperderp. <laughs> that would <laughs> have been an interpretation of this character. Oh, Lord. What? Okay. Can I say who it is because I'm in love with this person? I love this person. And you did get this correct. So who is playing Ryota? Justin Brenner because Megan is always on Team Justin. I'm really mad. I'm really mad I didn't think this one because it's so fucking obvious to me. Literally, every guy, literally every big show, I literally default to Wheel of Boyfriend or Wheel of Dude. (laughs) Wheel of Boyfriend sounds weird. Wheel of Dude, let's go with that. Anyway. Wheel of Dude. Literally, Wheel of Dude has five fucking spokes. Well, six spokes on it. It's either Justin, Micah, Dallas, Cliff, or Rico. Anyway, in terms of... And I'm usually right. <laughs> anyway, in terms of other roles, you probably heard Justin Briner in. He's definitely a big up-and-comer in basically the past year or so. Um, other roles you've heard him in, he is in Divine Gate. He's Alfonso from Garly Animation. Monito from Grimgar, A Fantasy of Ash. Uh, Quinther from Heavy Object. Alum from Rogue Legend of Arslan. Izuku Midoriya uh, from My Hero Academia. That's probably his biggest role to date. Uh, he's, um, also, he's also in Princess Stride. Well, I'm Princess Stride. Uh, and I, I apologize. His other largest role to date, uh, Mika from Seraph of the End. I stand Thank corrected. you. I was going to say, you have me on recording and you don't bring up my boy. Uh, I'm, I'm going down the A&N list. Okay? It's, it's, it's all about you and me. You and me together. No, shut up. Okay. <laughs> Wait until Yoma said it. Okay. Anyways, um, in terms of the performance, how do we feel about Justin Briner as Ryoto? Because again, like I mentioned before, we he, this character is in both Despair and Future Arc. But in terms of Despair Arc, how do we feel about Justin Briner's performance? He sounds the most non-suspicious he will ever sound. There is nothing to suspect here, people. Move along. I, I, I really like his voice. I, I think it suits the character. Um, I you know in general it's it's someone who has a lot of passion and I think he gets that across. Um, Can I also say like because I noticed this when I was going through it and I didn't hear it in the first episode but I heard the second. He sounds like he has some sort of chubby cheeks. Well, I he sounds like yeah. he sounds like the wimpiest loser and the chubbiest chub lord in both. It's kind of adorable. I'll just but say I don't want to wait for the Blu-ray. I don't want to <laughs> watch the broadcast. Actually. I don't want to wait for the Blu-ray. Was, me, me. <laughs> I I have to finish this. This anime has to change lives. Oh my god. 
Um, so yeah, def- definitely just Brian's performance. I'm guessing we all love. This anime is yeah. so good. Do you want to hear what I think of the performance? Yeah. Let's destroy all these Blu-rays. Me- Megan, what were you saying? Said, so, do you want to know what I think of the performance? What? <laughs> oh Lord, so squeals. So cute. Oh Lord, squeals headphones out. So, so we have Megan squee. Let's let's see if we can prevent Zenith squee from Zenith, from Zenith, the Shonen Maid. Zenith, you and my, you and I know we're not going to prevent us squealing because you know who we're talking about later. We have a ways Ooh. away to go. I know. We really should keep going. The path to best girl I, I is paved we, with a we, better we girl on the do. way. Justin Briner's. Okay. Justin okay. Do. I'm gonna I'm but, gonna go this quickly. Uh, Justin Briner's a new favorite of mine as well. Megan's really happy to hear that. He's done characters I'm absolutely in love with. This isn't my favorite performance of him, but he does a really good job Deku. doing the duality of fat and skinny, as well as being a kind of wimpy loser that has good intentions and kind of an innocent-looking face. Supposedly. Now here's a good segue, thank you. Um, good segue, because you said fat and skinny. Here's the thing. So, this character, for me at least, from day one, from seeing the visuals, I had a wild guess saying that this was the ultimate imposter. The ultimate imposter which we see from the second video game. Come to find out, um, I believe it's probably episode five, four or five, um, we do find out that the character that we, the Ryota we see major, in, with the class for the majority of the time is the ultimate imposter, while the real Ryota is currently working on his anime series in his world. I want to say that And uh, he say... was previously, he was, he was previously impostering uh, Byakuya, which is why he is Byakuya in the video game. Byakuya? Byakuya. Okay, I was like, that's yeah, an okay. interesting... I've never heard Biakuya. That's an interesting pronunciation. Anywho... That's how I pronounce the Bleach version of the name, okay? Oh, god damn it! But because cause from day one when I saw the visual, I had a feeling this character was the ultimate imposter. This is... Because here's now... Here's the question. Um, because both the ultimate imposter and Miyota do show up a few times together in the same scene. So it... it because I had a feeling it was the ultimate imposter... And because this happened, it did influence one of my predictions, which I did not bring up before. Um, I kind of think that when it becomes time for Ultimate Imposter to become Ultimate Imposter and not Ryota, I do have a feeling there's a possibility that Josh Greeley will come back for that. I um, because dump, you're dump, right. Dump, 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 dump. I'm bringing sexy Josh. No. Yeah. Shut up. No, not now. Because in the video game series, the voice actor who played, who voiced. Uh, Byakuya in the first game reprises the role as the ultimate imposter for the second game. So, that gives some leeway into possibly bringing Josh in to come in as the ultimate imposter version of the character. So that's just what I think. I think it's a good possibility that Josh will come in for this part of the series as well. I, I think I think you're onto something there. I, I, I kind of agree with you. Anyways, before we delve too much into spoiler theorem territory, because believe me, I've prepared, prepared plenty, let us move He's on. He's got a thesis statement waiting. Uh, oh, yes, I've got a so thesis statement ready to go, motherfucker. Oh, save that for later. Um, so, we're going to go back to pairs for essentially the majority of the episode, um, except for, I think, five. So, the next pairing we Is have... Is it time to Mikan whip it out? Sumi- Oh, possibly. Mikan Sumiki and Teru Teru Hanamura. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, That's of, an interesting Yep, it's time pair. to whip it out after last episode. We have the, the oh, two Lord. perverts of the, of the group. So, 
Essentially, yes, we do. Um, so context-wise, Tara Tara Hanamura is the ultimate chef. Mikan Sumiki is the ultimate. The subtitles they have it as ultimate health committee member. Health committee. Uh, but she, it. Yep, that's what the subtitles for the show. She's has, the nurse. Um, but She's it, the nurse. She's yep. the ultimate nurse. She's hello ultimate nurse. Hello nurse. Basically. Let's, okay. And the only so, person who should be saying hello to Tsukimi when you're saying hello nurse is Junko. All right, now it, now it's time to really start talking about the voice act, the dub for the video game. I think we should probably mention, we should probably get our our alternate predictions ready first before we talk about their game characters. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we can do that first. Yeah, because so, I don't have one for Hanamura because of who Hanamura is in the video game. I figured yeah. because of other situations for other shows, especially this season... Um, because I believe that show's cast was announced before this one's, that this person was going to be in it. But I do have three predictions for if they could not get Sumiki's voice. Okay, to, to translate back. quickly for that, basically the actor who plays Hanamura is no stranger to broadcast dub, so we figured he'd be keen to return. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna assume nobody had any ultimate predictions for Terror Terror. So, no. did anyone have ultimate predictions for Mikan? Yes. Okay, Megan, what do you have? Uh, Mikon's other name is Sumiki, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's her last name. Yes. Uh, my predictions for Sumiki were Sarah Wiedenhaf, Alexis Tipton, or Leah Clark if she could not, if this person could not get, they could not get to reprise her. And I'm going to jump on top of that because I do have alternate predictions as well for those I think might probably not come back. Um, Tara Taro, straightforward. That was going to be one of those, it better be this person or I will riot. Um, Alternate predictions for Mikon. I also had Sarah Wiedenheft, uh, but I also had Bryn April as well. Uh, so, in terms of the actors from the video game, uh, we're going to talk about Mikon first, because if you couldn't tell, the prediction for Terror Terror actually happened. Um, so, the voice actress who voices Mikon Sumiki in the video game is Stephanie Shea. Uh, she is mostly an LA-based actor, um, but here's the thing. Did did we think that she was going to be able to come back for this, for this series, or maybe not come back for this series? What are our thoughts I on said that? no, because the only other show that she's ever done a broadcast of for, for Funimation is The Disappearance of Nagito Yuki-chan. I was actually, because she, I was doubtful, but I was I didn't think it was impossible considering Nagato Yuki-chan. I was surprised. That's the only reason, but I even then saw it as doubtful. I'm going to say, yeah. though, the way I'm really happy that Stephanie was able to revise because in the game, she's one of my personal favorites for a very particular reason. And yes. you slightly gave that part away, but in terms of me thinking if she would come back or not, I thought maybe she could, but not if it was a broadcast of. Because... Again, the only broadcast sub she's really been in was Nagito Yuki-chan, so I didn't think there would be a huge possibility of her coming back if it was if Diagon Rumble 3 was a broadcast dub. But if it was more going to be safe for a home video release, I figured that would give a lot more reason um, for her to possibly come out and do this series. So as Andrew just gave away, Stephanie Shea did end up reprising her role for Mikan Sumiki. And as for Teru Teru, in the video game for the English dub, uh, Terror Terror is voiced by Todd Habercorn, which, it's a no-brainer. He was gonna come back as Terror Terror. And yes, uh, both of them do a fantastic job. Okay. As 
I I like them both in in the game, and um, I mean, I like them just as good in this. May I, think may, they did may, a great I job. may I before we go too much further? May I pretty please talk about other roles these individuals? You may. I'm going to go hard, so feel free to stop me whenever you feel fit. Go ahead. Okay, uh, so other roles that these two individuals have been involved with, and Todd Habercorn, of course, he is no stranger to anime in general, as well as this podcast here. Uh, you have heard Todd Habercorn in a variety of roles, such as Bacchano, Big Windup, Birdie the Mighty, uh, let's see, Brothers Conflict, Claymore, <laughs> uh, D. Gray Man as Alan Walker. That is, okay, to stop right there, that's the reason why I said Todd was going to do it, because he's doing D. Gray Man in the Hollow. Even well, though, yeah, which well, that that announcement came out before Dog and Rope was. Yeah, so. um, he was also in Dagashi Kashi, another broadcast up. He is in Fairy Tale as Natsu, of course. He is in Free and Free Eternal Summer. Uh, he's uh. In, he's in Hitalia as Italy, of course, um, as well as a variety of other roles. And as for Miss Stephanie Shea, because we never talked about her here before, I think. Um, so for Stephanie Shea, she, again, mostly based in LA right now, um, but you've heard her in Bakuman, in, let's see, she's in Bleach, she's Orihime, it's probably one of her most infamous roles, as well as for the Viz Media dub of Sailor Moon, she is Usagi, uh, Sailor Moon herself. She is also in Blue Exorcist, um, Shiemi. Code Geass. Wait, no, 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 she she's is... not Shiemi. Yes, she no, is. No, she's not. Oh, wait, no, that's Christina Cabaneros. Never mind. She is, um, going back to this. She's in Digimon Tr Tamers, the Adventures, Adventures Battle. She is in, uh, Haruhi, Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, Disappearance of Haruhi Yuki-chan, uh, as she's, Mikuru Asahina. She's best girl she's in, in Naruto, Hinata Hyuga. Mm -hmm. She, here's some more Funimation stuff that she's done. She is in Eden of the East. Uh, let's see. She's she's also the title character Eraka from Eraka Seven. Uh, she is... that was a rescue from that was a rescue from Bondi at this point. No, I, I I know that. I'm just I mostly pointed the Funimation thing out because even the beast. Uh, but she's also in Little Witch Academia. She's in uh, let's she's uh, as pointed out. She is in Naruto. She's a she's a she's a I got one more. I got one more important one to mention. That's actually kind of crucial for this character. She is Thar okay. she is Tharja from Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> ha! Thank you for reminding me. She's Tharja. That one's important. Okay. okay. So of course, in terms Tharja. of the performances here, um, for the dub of the anime series, because I know, because I know, we're, we're so far we're on the board with two actors reprising their roles from the game. How do we feel about the performances for the dub of the anime series for Stephanie and Todd? Go to Stephanie. I want to mention a quick thing. Interesting that they're going with this direction because basically one of the big reveals, well, it's really not that big a reveal, is that Teruteru is basically hiding a southern Cajun style accent from like when he was in like because that's like a whole trope about uh country boy going to the city hiding their accent learning to speak civilized but in here he's basically he doesn't have to hide that anymore he just goes full on like like stylish which i was not expecting them to do that which i think works out because it makes sense especially during episode two when uh he is under the control of this sexy juice when i see him trying to Fuck Sayanji! Like, <laughs> drops Trow, whips Ooh. his dick out! 
I was like, oh my god, that, and I yeah. just keep imagining he is, my friend He is the simply most perverted character in the show. He, he, is he, he doesn't, the, he's quite he, he doesn't care if it's a man or a woman or whatever. Oh, yeah, he will a, fuck it. I mean, he was gonna let Nidai do things to him. That's like, oh, fuck it, I'll try any dish. He, he, he does not care, and Todd, I think it's lovely. I think it's a, it's both in the game and here. It's hilarious. Good thing he's a chef because. Good thing he's a chef, so we can cook just, off all that ham. Perfectly. Let's talk about Mikan, just the tip, Sumiki. Oh God damn it! Okay. Be because she's also perverted, and that's the thing. Hey, she hey, hey, Pecco. Uh, can I borrow your sword for a minute? <laughs> okay. Just the tip. That's a, here's a I was like, I don't ship this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, that, oh, that, that, is her, that is basically her when she's ultimate despair. Yeah. She's she's sex crazed and yeah. I actually, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people so, like to mention the fact that Mikan Sumiki is a quote unquote fan service character. I'd say yes and no because this series likes to subvert tropes, and I think what they did in the second game with her is a very fascinating, interesting trope subversion. Is that she is the yep. Moe fan servicey? Oh no, look at my titties! Yada yada yada. And then when the reveal happens, and she drops, she's probably the most batshit crazy of the group. She's the yes. see. That's Honestly, why. That's why you both cringed she... and slightly nodded your head about me talking about her fucking the corpse of Junko. Yes, with the because, dildo. because she actually did. Like that's an actual thing. But here's the thing. No, I, no, it's it's stated. It's it's a fact that she did that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, look at Megan being right about okay, shit. But here's the thing. <laughs> Stephanie Shea was the perfect actor for this character because she. Oh, absolutely. She is perfect, because she is the ideal moe, cutesy, sexy character. Because she's hot. She's. I almost called her Hachime Hinata. She's Hinata <laughs> from Naruto. Boy, that's... Wrong Hinata. I know, wrong Hinata. And she's also Mikuru from Haruhi, whose whole thing is being like the sexy moe booby type. Did you just say Mikuru? Mikuru. Whatever. Anyway. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Fuck that character. Fuck her hard. Fuck that bitch. I hope she burns in the pit of hell. Anyway. Fuck okay. that character. Chill, chill, anyway. Chill. Before, before Megan that. freaks okay. out. Andrew, yep. Andrew, you point. Okay, so... And the reason I mentioned Tharja is because Tharja's whole thing is that she's psychotic and crazy, like, do you like darkness? And that is Despair Mika. Do Mika. you like darkness? Yeah, we like darkness. That is Despair Mika. And she does both of that seamlessly and perfectly, so when the reveal happens, it's natural and amazing. You don't get much of that here yet. Yes. <laughs> Keyword. It a little bit slips out when you get just the tip. But I also think her character is kind of tragic in that she's so desperate to be liked and to be affectionate that she will let anyone do anything to her just because she's so yep. scared of the attention. And that deals with all the really triggering shit about, like, violence, bullying, sexual abuse, probable insinuations of rape and, like, sexual assault. I think she's a really interesting trope subversion character, which you, you don't get much of in the anime. Like, this anime is just fan service in general, so it's like you're getting all that. Without the context of what her character arc is and her trope subversion, 
you probably would be like, oh no, this is really creepy fan service. And you'd probably be right, but I'm just saying that there is a purpose. The, the there's a lot there's more a to, to it. It's, it's the same thing as with um, um, the Ultimate Gymnast. Um, but then again, you don't get a lot of that in this anime either. So bottom line, I think we pretty much loved Stephanie Shea and Todd Haberkorn. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we're, of course, we're happy Boy, that, that they a, are that was, a, that was a very dubious scene. Are we ready to move on? Yes. Yes. Okay, because we really should start speeding this, this up. Is a bit. Be a so big the next one. two characters. So the next two characters that we're going to be talking about: Mahiru Koizumi and Hiyoko Sayonji. Uh, Mahiru is the ultimate photographer. Uh, Hiyoko Hi, Chris. Sayonji is the ultimate traditional Japanese dancer. Also, the ultimate little super shit. high school level piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> ultimate little shit. Um, so in terms of predictions, alternate predictions. Um, that weren't the weren't possibly reprisals. Um, did anyone I have, have any? One for Sayanji, which is in all caps, which I will say next. But I believe I had Koizumi. I had a couple of them, which were Alex Moore, Sarah Wiedenhaf, Michaela Krantz, or Lauren Allison. Um. Lauren Allison being uh, the voice of Chess from Seraph at the End. My Sayanji predictions in all caps, Alex Moore or I quit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to slightly jump onto the Alex Moore train. I did predict her, but she's one of my prediction alternate predictions for Mahiru. Um, I also picked for Mahiru Jeannie Torado and Sarah Ragsdale as well. And then Sayonji... Uh, the two that alternates that I had were Laura Woodhull and Allison Victorin. Interesting choices, I figured they actually. Could, I figured they might potentially be some good little shits. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of the video game and wondering whether or not these whether whether or not they'll reprise their roles, um, for Hyoko Sayonji, in the video game dub, the voice for Hyoko is Kira Buckland. In for Mahiru, um, Carrie Kiernan is the voice for Mahiru in the video game. Um, so the question I pose to you is this. Did we think that Kira and Carrie were going to reprise their roles as Sayonji and Mahiro? Hopeful, but less certain. Especially, mostly before, uh, not as much for, uh, Sayonji, but definitely for, um, Koizumi. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I di actually didn't think Kira might reprise her role as Sayonji. Um, but in Carrie Kiernan's case as Mahiro... I figured she might come in to reprise the role, but again, if this wasn't a broadcast dub. And to our surprise... Oh lord, both Kira Buckland and Carrie Kiernan reprise their roles as Sayonji as Mahiru. So we're now so we're now 4 for 4 Four right for now. 4 for 4, people. Good shit. So we're on a roll. Um, in terms of other roles before we get too far, for Kira Buckland, she actually does not have too much. Um, again, she mostly has done a lot of more Viz Media, Aniplex, LA-based kind of stuff. Um, so you've probably heard her in anime series. What are we talking about? Kira Buckland, Sayonji. Um, okay, leave one of them off, because I want to do it. Okay. You know exactly what I'm talking about, too. I, I, maybe, but, okay. Just type it um, in the chat. We like to keep this part of the gym dry. Oh, god damn it. Alright, um, you probably heard Kira Buckland in a, in a Cell World, Alnoa Zero, Blood Lad, which is probably, as of right now, one of my favorite roles. Um, she is also in Durarara, the second arc. Excuse me, she is in, let's see, 
uh, Inazuma in Love Live. Uh, she is in Love Live. She is in Lagrange, The Flower of Rene. She is in Magi, uh, Rio Rainbow Gate, Sailor Moon S, uh, Tales of Zesteria, The X. Well, I probably should not say which one. Uh, and Megan. What was that role you were talking about? I stabbed a girl in the yard! <laughs> she's, uh, she's also co in 50% off. Yeah, for free 50% off. Um, and in in one day down the line, when they make a part six anime, motherfucker better be Jolene. Yeah, she is the quintessential actress for Jolene. She is a professional Jolene Cujo cosplayer. Also, let's get the obvious out of the way in case it wasn't mentioned already. Kira Buckland is also known by her online YouTube persona, Rena Chan. She is not the only uh, YouTuber in this cast. Aha. Um, as for Carrie Kiernan, um, real quick, roles that you've probably heard her in. You pig! Uh, she's also. In human oh, clothing. My queen herself, Satsuki Kiryuin. Calm yourself. Rio cooks better. Fuck Cal off. Calm yourself, boy. Calm yourself. Fight uh, me! She is also in El Noah Zero, as well as Durarara the Second Arc. She is in Fate Zero. Uh, she's in Hyper Dimension Neptunia, as Andrew has just stated. She is Satsuki uh, from Kill Kill. She is in Magic Users Club. She is in Naruto Shibun Blood Prison, the film. She is in Phoenix. She is in Madoka Magica as Mommy, of course. Um, she's in Seven Deadly Sins, Slayer's Revolution, Tales of Zestaria, the X as well. Uh, and I forgot who she is. Oh, in Seven Deadly Sins, she's the um, the girl with her eyes closed. I can't remember her oh, name, though. Oh, yeah. You, but that's, like, one of my favorite characters. Um, oh, but you, but last time you probably seen us or heard us talk about Carrie Kirian was your lion April as she was Hiroko Seto. The best uh, girl. Rock, lilac. Lilac. Stop. <laughs> Life is like an open book, so use it to cover your boner. God damn Kosei, how the fuck are you doing that? Okay. Please go watch the Your Lie in April. <laughs> Hubby is a dummy. So, let's be honest. Oh my god. So how Hubby do we feel? Is... Uh, so how do we feel about um Carrie and Kira as Carrie Keenan is my Let's mother. Is my other anime I've mom. Got less to here, like less I love to Carrie Keenan. Was like here. Here's my thing in terms of Carrie Keenan. Mahiro was probably one of the characters that I forgot about the least while watching a playthrough of the video game. I, um, so I legitimately didn't know she was Mahiru, honestly. I never would have, like, heard her and Sasuke. Yeah, no, I had no idea that was Carrie Keenan. I was like, Like, I fuck? played the game, and I didn't so know that was so recognizable like, as Sasuke. I was actually surprised yeah. when I saw the press release. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, like, for me, Mahiru was probably one of the more forgettable characters, because she, she kind of... She, she stands in the background up, and takes pictures. That's literally what she is. Yeah, and then in the game itself, she ends up as the second murder victim for the second um, case. But I'm very happy to hear a lot more from Mahiru, and especially because she does have a bit more to do in that third episode with the whole Natsumi Sato That incident. is true. That was nice. So, and now, so it was nice to see a lot more. And now Boomerang... Boomerang twin tail bitch herself. Here, Buckland does oh, an amazing Lord. job as Yoko Sayonji, and that character is a piece of shit. Um, I think they do as good as the game. Like, I don't really have too too much to say on them because they're not that different. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed them. I thought they were great. One's a precious freckled cinnamon roll, and the other's a piece of shit. Yep. She's yeah. not. She's not Satan, because we're probably gonna talk about Satan next time. But spoiler, <laughs> tune in for part three. There's gonna be a lot to talk about. 
<laughs> da -da -da. Okay, uh, so I think we're good to move She's on from so there. She's so pretty when she grows up, though. I th <laughs> yeah, she is. She is pretty, but she's still a little shit. Anyway, Look, if there's I one think thing Dog and Rope has taught us: a pretty face doesn't contain a vile heart. Oh lord. Um, but I think we're good to move on from yep. there. So, why? Oh. oh god, are we doing what I think we're doing? Oh, best boy, best boy. We're gonna talk about. It's we're going to talk about Gundam Tanaka, a.k.a. at least the name he's given in the Despair arc here, Tanaka the Forbidden One, and Ibuki Miyoda. Uh, Gundam Tanaka, he is known as the ultimate breeder. Uh, not in that perverted way. Get your head out of mind of the gutter. Uh, and Ibuki is the ultimate musician, or I believe um, the anime series, the subtitles went with Ultimate Light, uh, Light Music Club member. Uh, that's what they went with. And they went with a different title for um, Gundam as well. Um, but Gundam is my favorite. <laughs> I loved Gundam in the game when I watched the playthrough. And I'm like, Gundam is my favorite. Ugh. Okay. But uh, let's see here. In terms of possible alternates in for predictions for these two. Um, I had three for Gundam and three for Ibuki. I had two for Ibuki and Gundam. I had <laughs> Gundam. I had one. <laughs> um, okay. I, I I have one for Gundam. I don't. I didn't okay. have any. Okay, you have an you have an alternate. You have an alternate for Gundam, Zena. Yes. Okay, who's your alternate for Gundam then? We'll start with Cri Gundam. Chris Sabat. No. It wasn't gonna happen because he was already cast. It as wasn't Mondo. gonna happen. He was already Mondo from the first game. Honestly, yeah, but he, I'm he's not in this one. I'm almost glad that they Mondo now, because that meant they had to dig a little deeper for Gundam. Yeah. Mm. Um, Megan, you said you only had one for uh, one alternate for Gundam 2, right? Rico Fajardo or Bust! Oh, I'm on, I'm on the Rico camp as well. Um, but I also put Clifford Chapin and Chris Ryan as possible alternates as well. Uh, as for Ibuki, I had three there. Uh, I had Don Bennett, Morgan Berry, and Sarah Ragsdale. Megan, who did you have? Morgan Berry or Don Bennett. Okay. So we were kind of thinking on the same lines. Uh, so in terms of video game voice actors, uh, for the video game dub, the voice of Ibuki Miyota is Julianne Taylor. Uh, for Gundam Tanaka... Okay, how are you going to pronounce this name? I want to hear this. Oh, God. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, Chris Tergilf... I think it's Tegliafera. I think it's Tegliafera. Tegliafera. That that sounds about right. I'm probably making this we, way okay, more complicated look, than it is. We were never is. going to get this one right, but at least, uh, yeah, we were never gonna get his name so, right. So yeah. So 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 yeah, the name right. So the question is, where did we think that Chris and Julianne Taylor were going to come back to reprise these roles? Personally, I was I thought, very no. doubtful. But I really wanted Gundam to be like the miracle one, just because I really think his game voice is fucking so good. <laughs> yeah, the, these two were definitely two of the big ones that I thought were not gonna come into reprise their roles. Um, I think Julian Taylor, in terms of possible reasons, I believe she might be Union, a Union actor, so there might be some conflicts there. Yeah. As for Chris. I don't know. Maybe he scheduling might issues. be union, but it might also be scheduling. I don't know what his deal yeah. is, but because I don't recall him ever being in a Funimation dub. I don't think like so. Julian Taylor. I think maybe like very rarity, but I don't think I've ever seen Chris in one before. Um, so 
these two are these two voices for Gundam and Ibuki. Um, they were replaced. This is this they is where the streak is Chris broken. And Julian. Is this where the streak is broken? We're not six for six. We're still four for four. Four out of six right now. Can I introduce Gundam? Um, so, at least because I know how to pronounce that name. Uh, you can. Um, so do it so we don't embarrass ourselves at Yobacon. Yeah. So so. Can you tell us who is voicing, uh, well, actually, we'll start with Ibuki first, because I gotta say, best boy for after. Um, so the replacement for Ibuki Miyota is actually Brina Palencia. Uh, as for Gundam Tanaka, who is replacing Gundam Tanaka? Take it, okay. Andrew! Who is replacing Gundam Gun Tanaka? Tanaka? Tanaka, the Forbidden One, because we can't say Gundam due to copyright. Anyways, Tanaka, the oh, Forbidden dude. One, is played in the anime by Scott... Frerics. And this one is interesting because this is Kaiser Neko of Team Four From Star. Team Four Star. And that is a interesting... This is the most interesting casting choice of all of them. Absolutely. And I think um, it works. Just to go into some um, other voice acting roles that Scott has done... Uh, but it's essentially a lot of background work. Tanaka is definitely one of the first big name characters he's done uh, for actual voice acting work. He's done background roles for Ambition of Oda Nobuna, um, Blood Blood K Battlefront, Dragon Ball Z Reg Resurrection F, Enride Fairy Tale, Garo the Animation, Harmony, the film Harmony, um, Heroic Legend of Arslan, One Piece, Ping Pong. Selector Infected and Spread Wixes and Terran Residence. That you is missed it. By the way, one. I know exactly. You two I know. Ones. I think you mentioned Arslan. He's a lot of dying characters in Arslan. And the other really important <laughs> one, he is the prisoner in Noragami Arigato that Yato fucking offs. Really? Yes. I also have another fun one. That's not listed. I know who he is in Blood Blockade Battlefront. Who is he? He is the alien in the episode about Nedge hawking porn. What roles has he done in Abridges? Isn't he's, he? Um... Uh, let's see. He's Trunks from Team Four Star Abridged. Um, he's uh, a couple others. I want to say he's fucking. Uh, I want to say he's Zarbon, but I'm not 100%. He's the Turtle. He is. Uh, he's he's Yajirobe. He's Corin. He's also specific thing to note he is the frieza soldier in resurrection f that gets killed by frieza himself and as a guy who's probably one of the biggest dragon ball z fans ever who played a pretty damn big part in reviving dragon ball z relevance in america that's a pretty big honor so you probably heard scott a lot more you're a lot more familiar with him if you've seen a lot of the bridge series online rather than his actual Voice acting work. But as for Brina Palencia, you've heard her in a variety of things. Dr. Palencia! <laughs> medicine woman! Yeah, you've heard her in Bacchano, you've heard her in Baca and Test. She is CL Phantom Hive, of course, from the Blood uh, Black Bullet uh, Butler, excuse me, franchise. I Black, talk Black Butler Bullet! No, I almost said Blood Yona Black of, no, I that's, almost said that, Blood Bullet. I almost said Blood Bullet. That is the Asylum. That is the Asylum's version of Black of Black Butler, along with uh, Yona of the Dead. God damn it! She's also in certain scientific railgun. She's in Claymore. She's in Darker Than Black. She is in Dragon Ball Z as well. She's in Da 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 the Second Arc. She is in Ava uh, the Evangelion films. Fairy Tale is Juvia. Uh, she's Tony Tony Chopper from One Piece as well. She is in Garo the Animation, Haganai Next, Heroic Age, yada yada yada. What's another big role she's done? I got two. I got Snow two. White with the red hair? Two. She is okay. the wonderful, beautiful, sexy, 
amazing, beautiful Snow White with the red hair, Shira Yuki herself. Yes, thank you. And to go the complete other spectrum, she is Minoru Chew on My Sticky Balls Mineta. Yes, for my hero academia. Chew on my sticky ball! She's also uh, Juliet from Romeo X Juliet and Tamama from uh, Sergeant Frog. Oh, and Holo from Spice Woman. There's another. Movie. I was like, we do it for the economics! Yep. Chew uh, on my sticky ball! And also Toko, uh, Toka, excuse me, from, uh... Tokyo uh, Tokyo, thank you. So, how do... So, since we're running... Oh, shit! We need to run! Yeah. So, in terms of our first set of replacements, how do we feel? Um, Brina, Brina does a pretty solid job as Ibuki. Like, she wasn't one of, like, my standouts from the game, but I thought... Yeah, I thought she I... did a pretty good job regardless, though I feel... I feel like she just kind of faded into the background, honestly, as Ibuki. It's like, oh, hey, Brina Valencia is Ibuki. Nothing against Brina. I think it's a really well-acted performance. I would have really, 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 really liked to have seen, um, Morgan Barry get to do Ibuki, but... I still really I think like it. It's an okay choice. performance. It, it's not bad. It definitely feels a lot like the game character without actually yeah. being the game character. So I, I think she did an okay job. Um, I don't really have any complaints because I thought it was okay, but she doesn't have a lot to do in these first few episodes. And what about Scott as uh, Tanaka? Perfect, because there's down sword head! dogs barking outside of my house right now. It's time to talk about Gundam. <laughs> Down okay. sword hand. Speaking, by the way, Andrew, speaking of fire of them, sword hand, no! no. <laughs> From episode three, literally Tanaka trying not to whack off oh in episode God, two. Anyway. Anyways, I'll say this. I feel Scott had, like, a lot of competition because I really thought Chris was a pretty stupendous job as Gundam. I actually saw a Twitter exchange where it's like he was basically like, I know I couldn't return, but I wish you the best of luck, dude, to Scott, and I think that was pretty cool. And honestly, Scott is a very, like, really good actor, actually. Like, everybody always goes on about, like, how he's just got, like, a bridge stuff right now. He is a very good actor and honestly now like a new ideal trunks voice because he does a fantastic job with doing trunks in team four star bridge and he's also a stupendous editor he can really pull off like the dark like menacing overlord edge dude and while it's not the silky buttery sex that is chris tegler <laughs> i think that scott frerichs kaiser necko does a pretty solid job for one of my favorite characters, and that's all yep. I could ask for. I know it's not like I, my ideal choice, but I'm not gonna shit on him. It was a hard, it was a hard role to fill in, and I actually think he does a pretty, pretty strong job at filling the parts. And I'm, I'm impressed. Good job, Scott. I fell in love with Scott as uh, Tanaka. He's a, he's a really good. Uh, replacement here for uh, Tanaka. Also, for the love of God, uh, I, stop I, I, asking okay. the man about when the next episode is out. It'll be out when it's out. For the love of fuck, it's like asking fun about Funimation where the fuck Super is, guys. Stop okay, sorry asking. I interrupted yeah. you, boss. Continue. Um, yeah, and and then Brina. Basically, I'm in agreement with everyone else. Brina is Brina. She's fine. Um, though, uh, like Megan, I would have loved to have seen Morgan Barry take on the role, see her take on it, but. We, we gotta go, we'll be going. You can hear me gush about Morgan Barry in another episode, because she's in another show, and I got that prediction right. But uh, I will also say this, I really hope that this leads into Scott getting more roles at Funimation, because I really want to see him get to play some other characters. Um, and from what I know, Clifford Chapin is actively dying via script writing 
for a very long show, apparently. So oh. I'm kind of hoping my dreams are going to come true. Also, be apparently we need to buy a really fucking big casket for Cliff. Anyways. Oh, Lord. <laughs> We're burying him with his Transformers. <laughs> God damn it. What are your thoughts? Yes. Um, I thought uh, at first I was a little bit wary of it. Um, now, I'm no stranger, stranger to Kaiser Neko. Kaiser Neko does a fantastic job in a lot of different things. Um, but initially, I was kind of iffy on the role. I thought it was a little bit too similar without being um, enough similar to the uh, original Gundam voice. I thought it was a little bit trying hard. But by the second and third episode, I'm like, okay, he does a great job. He sets himself apart. Um, I still prefer the game, but Kaiser Neko does a great job. All right, so moving on, we're going to move on to another pair. Akane Owari and Nekumaru Nidai. Akane oh my Iwari. god, I just took an explosive shit! <laughs> I just took a Jurassic shit! That line was the best line in the episode. Jurassic shit wins that episode. Okay, so... That's what I did at the end of last also, episode, by the way. And that's what I did at a gas station before I came here. Oh, okay. I had to... Anyway, too much information. Eat well, shit well. So, context. Context. Akane Owari is the ultimate gymnast, while Nekomaru Nidai is the ultimate team manager. Uh, so, for these two, just to kind of talk about this a little bit... Um, this is where we kind of start seeing some of the survivors at the end of the second game. Uh, because Akane does survive at the end of the second game. Uh, so we're gonna start, we're gonna slowly start seeing some survivors of the game. So, alternate predictions for Nekomaru Nidai and Akane Owari. Um, who has what? I don't have predictions. I'll I save do. my thoughts for the characters after we've announced who they are. I do have another prediction, two predictions that are wrong, because I did actually believe uh, Nidai was going to come back. Mm -hmm. um, I did believe his game voice was going to be able to come back. Um, oh, Akane, I did not think she was going to be coming back. So I have a couple for her. Um, for, for Nidai, uh, initially I thought like no one else could really do Nidai, and I was, I was kind of right in thinking what I was thinking, but... Um, I also had a, a joke prediction. Um, Her the, the guy who plays Hercule on Dragon Ball Z. Chris Ryan? Chris Rager. That's, yes, you know, oh, Chris Rager. Lord. That's not a bad alternate, actually. That's I not mean, a bad alternate. He does show up later, and I'm not going to reveal who it is. But, like, yeah, uh, Chris Rager, I was just thinking, you know, I, not many people could do Need I. I mean, it's Patrick Seitz. But, um, and yeah. He I, spoils, I, and you spoil it. And you spoil it. No, no, I Patrick mean, Sykes. Patrick Seitz was in the game. But we haven't finished going through alternate predictions. That's why you that, that's, it. That's <laughs> what, I, I didn't spoil it. I was talking about the game. Any, well. I made the same mistake too, Zenith, earlier. Don't worry about it. Well, anyway. Don't worry, I'll fuck up too. Anyway, honey. back to alternate predictions. Did um, you have any alternate, my... hold on. Zenith, did you have alternate predictions for Akane? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, Megan, what do you have? Okay, so I did, I did guess Andrew Love and Robert McCollum. Um, I probably should have guessed Chris Ryan, too, because holy shit, Chris Ryan's really fucking good. My, I had, like, a cavalcade of women for, um, Akane. Oh, Lord, what do you I have? Had, the Akane I harem. Had Brina, I had both Brina and Trina. Oh, Lord. Um, Jade Saxton, Janine Tirado, and Jessica Cavanaugh. That's, like, five predictions. 
I couldn't That's pick. An interesting, well, so, an interesting. So so Akani Akani is now the harem. Like Akani is just a group of Akanis. <laughs> Look here, so. Zenith. I cannot decide on things. I literally do. You should see my Kuzuru prediction. Oh boy, that's gonna be oh, fun. Oh, that's gonna Bullsets. be awesome. Anyways, that's gonna be anyways. Anyways, should... anyways, the alternate, the alternates that I had for Akane, I just had two. I had Morgan Berry and Don Bennett for Akane, and then for Nekumaru Nidai, my two alternates were David Wald and Jeremy Inman. I picked Jeremy Inman most because I had dog. a feeling that he might be involved on the directing. That's an interesting choice. Okay, so uh, let's say. Who are their video game voice actors? Yep. So for the video game, uh, let's start. Well, slightly gave it away already. Um, Nekumaru Nidai in the video game is voiced by Patrick Seitz. You and thought for- you thought it was Nekumaru Nidai, but it, but was, it was really I, Dio. Dio, taking a Jurassic shit. Dio pet my dogs and didn't. Dio pet my Iggy plushie at AV and didn't kill it. Yeah, it was uh, phenomenal. I got that on video. It was great. And then I was on, crying. That's not for- cool. That's not cool at all. And the voice actress who voices Akane Awadi is actually Wendy Lee. So here's the next question. Did we think that Patrick Seitz and Wendy Lee would reprise their roles in this in this anime? Yes story? and no. Patrick yes. Seitz, yes. No, no way in I hell. I wanted to see Wendy Lee, but I figured it was unlikely. I said yes to both, but again, only if they were not broadcast dubs, because we haven't really seen Patrick Seitz in a broadcast We dub. have, actually. He, well, not very often. He's mostly been behind the scenes for them. And then Wendy Lee, the only broadcast dub we've really seen her in is Yuki Nagato-chan. Um, so, again, I thought it would be possible, but maybe more if they were not broadcast dubs. Um, so, we have some good news. Uh, I believe, because how many are at six, seven, eight? We are five for eight this time. The person, the individual who came back as their character to reprise the role is Patrick Seitz as Nekumaru Nidai. Um, as for Akane Owari, she did have to be replaced, unfortunately. Um, but we have, I think personally, it's a pretty good replacement. We have Morgan Garrett as Akane Iwadi. Um, Just to briefly go over some rules for these two, Patrick Seitz, if you have not heard of this individual before, uh, we might have to have a uh, sit down and chat. Uh, you've probably heard him in series such as Noah Zero, Asterisk War, uh, Berserk, the Berserk films, uh, Black Butler, uh, Blood Lad, uh, oh god, a lot, Diamond Dollar, <laughs> oh lordy, Denman Wonderland, yep, <laughs> Denman Wonderland, he's Loxus from Fairy Tale, he's Assassin for Fate Zero. Uh, he is also in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, let's see. He's fucking Dio. He's fucking Dio from JoJo. Dio! He is Luke Valentine. He's Luke Valentine from Yare, Yare does it. He's, Hels- he's Luke Valentine from Helsing Ultimate. Germany from Hitalia. Uh, he is also in, let's see. He's in LaGrange, the flower of Rene. Uh, Monster as one of my favorites. Uh, Wolfgang. Oh, Griffin, yeah, he is. Of course. Yep. Uh, and he's also... Another famous role, Frankie from One Piece. He's uh, Kunzite from the New Salem Moon dub as well. And as for Morgan Garrett, for roles you might have heard her in, she is in Assassination Classroom, Attack on Titan, and Attack on Titan Junior High. Uh, Bento, she is in a certain magical index. Uh, let's see. She's in Dragonar Academy. Uh, gonna be the Twin Tails. Heavy Object. Is this, is a, this zombie? a zombie? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mockin' K. Noreen. Uh, Rolling Girls, Seraph of the End, Battle of Nagoya, uh, Sky Wizards Academy, and she is Akira Mato from Tokyo Ghoul. My wife. 
So. Akira Mato, Megan's other waifu. So, I'm going to put this out there right now. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that we're in agreement that we love Patrick Seitz's Need I. Shit! <laughs> I'm going to take a Jurassic shit! Yes. Okay, so now that we have that thought out of the way, because that's pretty easy to get out of the way, um, here's the interesting question, though. How do we feel about Morgan Garrett as a comic? Okay, first thing... I actually really like first Morgan Garrett as a comic. Yeah, I think she did a great job. I also... I'll say this. Morgan Garrett does a pretty spectacular job as Akane Owari. I think she fits the character well. I also think it's always funny because I think Morgan Garrett more often than not gets played as a lot of the busty characters and Akane Owari definitely has oh. her fair share of bust. My... F okay, if you have not seen Empire of Corpses, please watch Empire of Corpses because Morgan's character's tits in that movie make no fucking sense. <laughs> Anime titties are really a science all to themselves. I'm gonna say this right now. I think more. I don't have much to say on her performance because I actually really think Morgan Garrett does a spectacular job. I just personally don't care for Akane's character. How I feel about Morgan Garrett, I think she's probably one of the stronger replacements in terms of performance. That's how I feel about Morgan Garrett. I did enjoy her. She was one of my, at least in terms of the replacement, she was definitely one of the top ones for me. Um, though I think I think her and probably her and probably Scott's Gundam are probably among the strongest. Um, and actually in a minute we'll get to probably the one I had the biggest problem with, but there is a good reason for it. Um, and of course, Patrick's Patrick and Fitz is fine. Um, Zenith, how do you feel about Morgan Garrett as Akanek? Um, I actually did not notice too much differences between her and the original. I think she did a fantastic job. She was the character. Um, I don't really have any complaints. I think she's one of the better replacements. Um, there, there are some replacements that we'll talk about later where I'm going to voice my, you know, nitpicks. And somewhere I just didn't like that much. Um, oh, but, I believe uh, we're I believe we're about to get there. <laughs> yes, um, I but we're overall, I, I think I think uh, Akane was great. Uh, in the same vein that I thought Gundam was great, uh, you know, yep. I I didn't have that initial reaction to her that I have had with Gundam, where I thought it was maybe a little bit forced. Here, I think she was good the whole time. So overall, uh, this is a great replacement. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Okay, so moving on to our next pair, we have, oh, good lord, uh, Fuyuhiko Kuzuryu and Peko Pekoyama. Baby My gang uh, star. Yes. So the, the, the gang the star siblings. They're not siblings. They're not siblings. I, I know. <laughs> so slight context. Um... Peko Peko Yama, she is the ultimate swordswoman, while Fuyuhiko is the ultimate gangsta. Uh, and for Peko in particular, it, it we we do kind of get hints and leaves of it in the series that she does work for the Kuzuryu clan, and specifically for Fuyuhiko as like a bodyguard of sorts. Um, so before we get to again the video game voice actors for the English dub. Does anyone have? Did anyone have alternate predictions for these two in case the video yes, game voice actors could a not? A lot. Lost? I I did. I have a lot for Kuzuryu. I have a lot. Megan, do you want to just go through yours real quick? <laughs> Since you have a lot. Let me do Pacos because Pacos are three. There's three of them. I had Brita okay. Palencia, Lauren Landa, and Michaela Krantz. For Kuzuryu, oh dear Jesus. Oh, Justin Briner, Dallas Reed. Maybe Chris Burnett, 
maybe Orion Pitt, John Luke Hester, the guy who played Denki in My Hero Academia, and maybe Jerry Jewell. That's Kyle uh, Phillips, Denki, by the way. That's Kyle Phillips. Thank you. And and you basically covered my two predictions for Fuyuhiko, because they were Justin Briner and Orion Pitts as all fits. Uh, as for Pekko, um, Pekko, it took me a little while, because I had no idea what I wanted to go with for her. Um, but I settled on three. I did settle on Michaela Francis one. Yeah. Uh, but I also had Afia Yu and Don Bennett. Interesting choices. Interesting choices. Uh, I feel like I actually probably would have. I think I did predict Orion Pitts as well, actually, for Fuyuhiko. Yeah. yeah, there's probably a good reason behind it. We'll talk about that in a sec. Zenith, you said you had alternates, or did you have joke alternates? I, I had one question. regular alternate, and I had a couple jokes. Okay, what do you have? Um, I had Patrick Seitz for uh, Fuyuhiko. <laughs> Okay. Right. <laughs> I almost spit out my suit. So he's not gonna be ne- he's not gonna be Nida. He's gonna switch to Fuyuhiko. <laughs> yes. Is that the idea? Oh my god. Okay. In, in my joke was joke? Mar- In my joke was what? Uh, Marcus Stimic. <laughs> How is Marcus Stimic your joke one, but Patrick Seitz isn't? Marcus he's the legit one. <laughs> I don't understand that logic, but okay. Because I was I was basically just rooting work? for the game characters to big to, things, to okay. big things come in small did, packages. Did you did you say you, did you have a um, joke prediction for Pecco? Out of curiosity. Um, for Pecco, I had Sailor Moon. Funny oh, you mentioned that <laughs> because that is correct. I had Sailor Moon as the joke prediction. Wow, was <laughs> I right? Good guess. <laughs> All right. So in terms of the video game. Um, English dub. The voices behind these two characters were Pekko. I gotcha. Ugh, I gotcha. More names I'm gonna butcher. Um, Janice. Kawain? Janice. Kawain. Ka- Let's just say Janice Kawain and. Janice Kawain. And if we are wrong, we apologize. I think Derek Steven Prince is the other one. Yep. For you who go in the video game is voiced by Derek Steven Prince. Uh, so here's the next question. Do we think these two individuals were going to be coming back for these roles? Honestly, really. I'm saying no. I knew. I, I figured no. Pekko was almost certainly going to get recast because I didn't even know who voiced her until I just looked it up. And Derek Stephen Prince, while I really liked him, I was kind of doubtful. It's unfortunate because, um, I mean, can I go into things or do you want to mention what they've been in? I feel like we should probably say who they are first. Okay, go go into it, and then I'll I will start my rant. Okay, and it's rant mode activated. Everybody, for some reason, I feel like it, I feel like we might be about to rant about the same person. Um, in terms of the casting, because as we all suspected, Fuyuhiko and Pekko were replaced in the dub. For Pekko Pekko Yama, we have Miss Claren Harp. Uh, for Fuyuhiko Kuzuryu, we have Aaron Dismute coming in to replace uh, Derek Stephen Prince. Gigi um, just splooged everywhere. Just to really quickly go over some roles for these two individuals, Claire and Harp, I, I think we've actually never really talked about her in a casted role before on the podcast, um, but she, you probably have heard her in a variety of things such as Chaos Head, Hitalia as China. Uh, she is also in... Let's see. Uh, Last Exile Fam, The Silver Wing, Riddle Story of Devil, uh, and let's throw one more in here. Speed Grapher. She's also in Speed Grapher. And Aaron Dismuke, 
You've heard us talk about him a lot recently. Most notably, of course, he is the original Alphonse Elric from Fullmetal Alchemist, the 2003 series. But recently, you've probably also heard him as Leonardo Watch from Blood Blockade Battlefront, Arslan from the Heroic Legend of Arslan, 12 from Terror in Resonance, and what's another good one? 12 did not fucking deserve that. <laughs> no! I love 12. 12 is my favorite. He's a uh, Lick the Pianist. <laughs> from Survamp? He's Lick yeah. the Survamp, yeah. I was lick. just looking at Survamp and I was thinking of throwing that out there. Lick the Pianist. Okay, so thoughts on the performances for these two? Zenith, would you like to get your rant out? I'm just gonna let Zenith go. Girl, I'll have your moment. In hand. Go nuts. Alright, uh, rant mode activated. Um, so the person that I want to talk about, uh, I'll get the, the good. The, well, I will get the good out first. Uh, let, Fuyuhiko, I think, did an okay job. Not as good as the original. I still love the original Fuyuhiko, and I think um, f the original voice actor did a much better job. I love you, Aaron Dismuk, but you just the, the voice work is much stronger in the game, I feel. However... Let's talk about Pekko, because dear god, what did they do to her voice? I get that she's supposed to be a very soft-spoken, very, like, um, uh, she, she works for Mafia. Obviously, she's not going to be the most strong-willed, um, like, in-take-charge person. She's not supposed to be, like, this, uh, girly girl either, but she sounds way too masculine um and it's nothing to do with her character that's not it, it if it had anything to do with her character if it worked better that way i would understand but here they just make her sound um very boyish and it does not work it doesn't work in the slightest and every single time she opened her mouth throughout any of the episodes i cringed because i didn't think it worked at all that's really interesting. I actually thought your rant was more going to be about Aaron's performance, because between the two, I had slightly larger problems with Aaron compared to Claren Harp. Um, Claren Harp, while it is very different than what Janice did in the video game, I actually didn't think it was too shabby. It's a slightly different kind of performance for the character, because I see Pekka as a very stoic character, and Claren's tone of voice kind of brings that soft, more stoic kind of figure, because she doesn't really talk much in the show anyway, at least as of right now. Um, but in terms of Eren, as Fuyuhiko in this case, honestly, for me, I figured he- I thought he was probably among the weaker, if not the weakest, replacements um, for, out of the ones we do have, but that's more because we have two very different English voice actors with two very distinct tones of voices. So Aaron Dismuk versus Derek Stephen Prince. I so will I say, um, I, I will say that both of these are probably the weakest replacements of the bunch. Oh, I agree. What I'm trying to say is like, they both have unique tones of voices. And when I watched the first episode of the dub for the first time, because I watched the first episode at least twice, um, I didn't really get into Aaron Dismuk's performance of Fuyuhiko. Because I was, again, really used to Derek Stephen Prince, because, again, he has a unique vocal tone as well. 
But going mm-hmm. back, rewatching the first episode, and then going into episodes two and three of the dub, Aaron's performance grew on me a little bit more, um, and I started kind of getting into it a little bit. Uh, it's because uh, it's again, it is very different compared to the in, compared to Derek Stephen Prince here, but. Fuyuhiko's character in general is a rather unique character. So it, even then, it makes a lot of sense to try and find as unique of a voice to go with it as possible. Because he's a baby-faced gangster, for God's sake. He's a baby-faced little poo-poo head with a big poo-poo mouth. He was more of a standard voice, I felt, and it just didn't work at first. It grew on me. Um, But, I mean, the reaction that you had... With with uh, Fuyuhiko, I had with Peko because I just you know it just sounded so completely different, and she is a very nuanced character. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you that um, Claire and Harp as Peko sounds completely different. I'm not going to disagree with that. It does sound very different, but I just kind of got into it probably a lot sooner and a lot more than what you did. I think the yeah. reason why I'm not as upset about Peko, even though I can kind of see what you're talking about is Pecco's voice from the game is one of the voices that really doesn't stick out to me all that much when I remember it. Yeah, that's that's probably the other issue, because Pecco didn't really stand out much as, as a character. I had the same... So Janice's, so Janice's performance didn't really stand out either. I had the same problem with, like, M- Mahiro as well, which, like, I, mm-hmm. I, yep. I was surprised to learn that Satsuki played her. Fuyuhiko, because I probably should have brought this up sooner, um, Fuyuhiko does survive to the end of the second game. He... So... He and he is, has a very big arc. Like, he has Fuyuhiko. one of the most standout arcs in the game. He starts out as a complete um, piece of shit, doesn't want to work with anybody. And then, like, Peko sacrifices herself for him, and he yep. sees the error of his ways after getting a nasty scar to boot. Um, Megan, what are your thoughts on Claire and Harp and Aaron Dee's new? Um, because... My weird thing is that I didn't, like I said, I'm not that far into the game, and trust me, when Derek Stephen Prince is in something, Derek Stephen Prince is in something. It's, yes! It's the old Digimon drinking game, is 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 this Derek Stephen Prince or Stephen Bloom? Um, but, I guess because I'm coming from a place where I'm not as attached to this character yet, but I really like Fuyuhiko and Peko, like, I like the way they interact, and I kind of like what I'm seeing from them. Um, I can't really say. I find Clarine Harp's voice to be a little bit like, okay, let me step back and then let me go in. But uh, I think I had a lot of the same problems with it that I did. I believe Rachel Robinson was Sakura. Oh, yep. I, I have a lot of, I kind of have a lot of the same things with her. I was like, okay, let me take a step back. Okay, gotta let my suspension of disbelief. Okay, now I can come into this. I think she does a good job. But again, I don't have a lot of the same connect, and I feel the same way about Aaron. Aaron is like, oh hey, Aaron Dismuke's in this show again. Um, so I don't have as much to really say. I think it's okay. just that while I think Aaron Dismuke does a good job, I just can't hear him as Fuyuhiko. And yeah, it's it, again, it it, it takes. It's it's not the it, this one's not the fault of like Aaron at all. No. It's just like. De- like Darren, kind of like Chris Teglulia, he had a very distinct standout voice yeah. where it's like it was a little bit of an adjustment. I, I feel this one wasn't as great an adjustment as it felt with Gundam in the anime, but it's serviceable. 
general consensus, it seems pretty clear that the performances for Fuyu, Higo, and Peko on the weaker side in terms of replacements, but it seems like we're slowly getting into them a bit more. Um, so, moving on. Our final pair. Oh my lord, our final pair. Uh, these two are also survivors of the end of the second video game. We have Sonya Nevermind, the ultimate princess, and Kazuichi Soda, the ultimate mechanic. That's the closest they're ever going to be together. Ever, ever get to, or never, ever, ever getting together. They, it'll yeah. never happen because Sonya is destined for Gundam, the forbidden one. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And she um, wants to get a hold of his forbidden one. No. Oh, <laughs> it. Yeah, it's 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 a one-sided romance. Um, cause Soda is very infatuated, infatuated with Sonya, but Sonya's just like, nah. Um, but anyway. Fun fact, but, Tanaka's Forbidden One is actually just four hamsters stacked amongst each other. Hey. <laughs> the, dar the Dark Davis of Destruction. Okay, so before we talk about the video game voice actors, why don't we talk about alternates? I'm gonna say we're gonna talk about alternates for Kazuichi Soda, because I'm pretty sure we didn't have any alternates for Sonya. Nope. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come hell or high water, Natalie Hoover was gonna kill a motherfucker if she wasn't doing Sonya. Yeah, again. that's like oh, one okay. of her favorites. And okay. it, no, it, she is Natalie perfect. Hoover is Sonya. She is. She is okay, perfect it, okay. in the role. Yeah. Okay, I'm about. Uh, I, I, oops. I did make one possible alternate with Brent Apple, but yeah, come hell or high water, Natalie Hoover was gonna come back. Natalie um, Hoover, AKA IRL Sonya. Never mind. Yes. Um, but for Kazuichi Soda. Uh, did we have any alternate pr predictions for this character? I had yes. two. I, I had three. Wow, really? Okay. I actually had okay, a feeling. Like I actually had a feeling that he was going to return, so I didn't predict any. All right. Um. So these were just, you know, I wanted to see if they were to do something different, and I loved the original voice, so I didn't expect there to be something different. Um. I want. I wanted to pick something completely different from the original voice actor, so I had. Austin Tyndall, Clifford Chapin, and completely for kicks, because I know they actually have him available and he has done work for this, Justin Cook. Okay. But Justin Cook was Leon. Uh, yeah. Yes. And Austin Tyndall was Ishimaru, so that's not happening. Damn. But, I'm but, but, really but, but, but. Because but. I feel Tyndall would have been a really good. Uh, Tyndall would have been a good choice. He would have been really good Kuzuryu. Uh, Ooh, to be fair, actually. they have utilized voice actors twice before. Bryce Cough, Pappenbrook Cough. There's a reason for that. Yes, and but they. We're gonna get to it eventually. He, this one, that but one does I'm not just count. saying. Does not I'm count. just saying that Tyndall and and Justin Cook could voice two different characters, even if they've died already. Not gonna happen. Okay. Sorry, I hate to spoil it for you, but I will agree. I will agree with you on your Clifford Chapin predict alternate because that is one of mine. Um, that is also one of mine. My other alternate for uh, Kazuichi Soda, I put Mike McFarland in here. <laughs> okay. I, I um, thought that would have been a funny pick, <laughs> honestly. One of my picks was uh, Cliff Capen. Uh, my other picks were Rico Fajardo and God Hit the Deck. Andrew will probably understand where this one's coming from. But my other one was uh, Chuck Huber, actually. Oh, I have oh, him somewhere else. Really? I, I have Chuck Huber somewhere else, and uh, it is. It, we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. 
Yeah, thanks, Kuro. Okay. Piece of shit. So. Okay. Okay. So, video game voice actor wise, we've already mentioned this before. Um, Natalie Hoover is the voice of Sonya Nevermind for the video game dub, and um, Kyle Haybear is actually the voice actor for uh, Soda in the video game. We already, I think, all four of us are already in agreement that Natalie Hoover or Bust was a thing mm-hmm. for Sonya. Mm-hmm. Um, but did we feel? Um, I think Andrew already said that he did feel that it would happen. Um, did we feel that Kyle Haybear would come back as Kazuichi Soda? Me, honestly, I said no. I I, I no. didn't see why not because I mean Kyle Haber is very easy to get a hold of. It's not like he's not hell. He's done stuff for my show. He. He just does stuff. Like, he's not hard to get a hold of. He, he was also sure, one of the I... gods from the Noragami Aragoto as well. He's no stranger to broadcast. Yeah, it's my, my, I'll say my issue was probably, I didn't know he was in Noragami, actually. That's probably my issue, because I haven't really heard him in many Funimation dubs recently. So, that kind of played in my head as to whether or not I thought maybe he would come back. Um, Megan, did you say he, you think you, that Kyle Haybear would come mm-hmm. back or not? No? Mm-hmm. Nope. You didn't think, didn't think so? Nope. Okay. Um, so, of course, hell or high water, Natalie Hoover comes back as Sonya Nevermind. Um, and, and lo and behold, what are we now? We are, good lord, I don't know how many we are now. We are five of twelve, I'm keeping track. Seven. No, yeah. we're seven for twelve. We're seven oh, for twelve. That's what I'm talking about. I bet five. I'll say seven, seven for twelve coming back because Kyle Haber does yes. come back I as Kazuichi Soda. I was thinking in terms of those who didn't return. Okay, fuck it. Okay, we got it backwards. But um, anyway, yep, Kyle Haber is did come back for Kazuichi Soda. Um, as in terms of other roles for these two individuals, Kyle Haber, you've heard him in Baki the Grappler, uh, Blood Lad, Bl- Blue Exorcist. Excuse me. Gurren Lagann uh, as motherfucking Kamina, bitch. As well as yep. Gohan and the announcer of Dragon Ball Z himself. Yes. That is correct. And let me find let me find one more, at the very least. Was he in Eureka 7? I feel like he was in Eureka 7. Was he in Eureka? Yes, he was. Wasn't Can he go? also a uh, Fallman in Full Metal Alchemist? You know, that would have been good to remember. Fuck, okay. That would have been good to remember. I was looking for the bold names. But anyway, anyway, that's Kyle Haber in a nutshell. Uh, Natalie Hoover, uh, in terms of anime voice work, uh, voice acting and dubs and stuff like that, she doesn't have too many credits under that. Um, but you've heard her in Divine Gate as Sylph, Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet, uh, as well as Lord Marksman and Vanities, Noragami Arigoto as Minaha, uh, Princess Stride Alternative as the female lead Nana, Riddle Story of Devil, Rio Rainbow Gate, and Show I Rock as Tsukino. So, how do we feel about these two returning voice actors into the fold? I feel as if Sonya Nevermind is the greatest thing on earth. Hail Sonya! <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how despair happens. She literally becomes Hitler. God, oh you're God. right. The, the best thing ever, Otto though. It, the, the best thing is her joint thing with uh, Gundam when they both say, uh, welcome to our dark feast. Oh, God, that was great. At, at the exact the same best. time. The only thing like, this anime's missing is making Gundam blush. Mm. Oh, I feel like we should. You know, I, feel I feel like, like Gundam's gonna have a dark feast on Sonya one day. Oh lordy! Oh lord! 
Okay. I feel like I feel like Gundam blushing will happen at some point before the show's Um, I don't know. I'll have some. Thoughts. Not with the way this show's going. I'll have some thoughts. I'll have some thoughts. Anyways, I'm I'm gonna hold out hope. Okay, shut up. Anyways, raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> okay. So, actual thoughts on these performances. I actually thought this was a really weird... Like, even in the game, I was genuinely surprised. When I heard Mond Mondo in the game, I thought that was Kyle Bear at first. So, I'm like... No! So, I thought that was confusing to me. And then I heard this was Kyle Bear. And it's much different from his, like, gruffer persona. Where it's, like, badass gruff tough dude and this is him basically trying to play a wimpy bitch and it's hilarious i i honestly did not believe this was kyle haybear also i was like there's no way this is kyle haybear there's no way i look at it and i'm like shit is this kyle haybear it's hilarious <laughs> and as for sonia i gotta say one of the things i was really worried about as i mentioned in the previous episode is that they in the game celestia had an accent and I thought that was one of the very poorest decisions. And instead, they chose to make Sonya sound natural and just talk naturally, and it works. N Natalie's got that nice, like, petite, calm, like, sweet personality, but also the unsuspecting, like, nature. And also, just every time she swears in the game is a fucking laugh-out-loud riot. And Fuck! just the way she presents herself, like, she, she presents herself in a very... Um, up front, you know, she's not talking down to anyone, but you can tell she's a princess. She conducts herself as such. Okay, no, no, no. She she talks down, she doesn't talk down to everybody, except Just for Kazuichi. Soda, Soda yes. gets talked down to a lot, and it is great. Anyways, other things about Sonya. Sonya's great and cute, but she's also obsessed with the, if the occult, serial killers, and is a canon non-virgin. I'm really, Yay. I feel really bad for Soda though all the time. Like, he motherfucker built an entire gaming system and everyone just like forgot he existed. He built a Poor TV Soda. and he was talking about how awesome it was and then they just cut away from him. I'm like, Soda, Kyla Bear built a TV. He's the, he's the, no. he's the butt monkey, but he's also kind of like the men's rights guy. I think the crowning achievement that I've seen for Soda right now is in the first episode oh when, my God, we're I lost my when we're introduced to Nagito. That yes. guy is We're going to talk about Nagito in a minute. But he's Please just, just use this segue to Komida. No, we're not going to Komida yet. Um, Why? Because we're not. Um, but what happens Actually, is they're trying to find Nagito to bring, to, to bring him to class, and Kazuichi's just kind of sitting there on a guard while he's like, I'm not, I don't really like this guy. I, it, oh, always something bad happens to me when he's around. Truck comes through, hits Kazuichi Soda. <laughs> yes, and, and he goes goes a bunch of sodas. Like he flying, speak of the, the devil, scene, and it will enter your your mind. <laughs> and the next scene, we're seeing uh, Nagito trying to get soda from a machine. He's having shit luck and can't get it out. The truck that hits soda, like hits the like squishes the machine, and then he gets like sevens across the board, and then a shit ton of sodas comes out. <laughs> Soda like, for everyone, drink. except for Soda, so who gets can't stitches. Drink through anything but a straw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, consensus is, I we're pretty much happy. Good that, job, um, good job. Natalie yeah. and Kyle Hibbert. The, the reprisals were great. Yeah, I had okay. no problems. Okay, moving on. So, from here on out, these characters are going to be individual. 
So, oh boy. I, I hope Andrew and Zenith are ready. Because uh, I know Megan and I had a moment. I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to disappear for a couple minutes <laughs> and just let the let the girl and the boy have their time. I know, uh, I, my my waifu senses are tingling. My, I, I know well. I kind of had a moment with Gundam. I had a moment with Gundam because Gundam is best boy. Um, but why don't we talk about Shiaki Nanami? We're gonna talk about Shiaki Nanami, <laughs> aka Andrew and Zenith's waifu. Super high school level ultimate girl. gamer. Ultimate gamer, that is correct. Um, she she in the video game. The thing here with so here's the interesting she... thing about her in the video game. Anyways, at the end of the uh, game, it's basically revealed that Chiaki Nanami is in fact an artificial intelligence and was in fact a part of the New World Program simulation and was believed to have been a false, non-existing, never real person. What this anime has revealed that's a big fucking deal actually is that not only was she real, she was one of the ultimate- she was part of the 77th class and she befriended Hajime Hinata at, during the reserve course, which is really important because her mist her part in the story is the most mysterious right now. She is yep. in free- she is a free space, anything goes, I don't know what the fuck's happening, all I know Bingo! is- BINGO! We- we don't know what's cause, happening cause here, with her. Yeah, cause here- cause the assumption is in the second game, we basically find out she is the only one among this group of people in this- that are trapped on Jabberwock Island is not a remnant of despair, but is that AI. But the problem is, originally before the series even started and we had the cast list and some uh, bits of news and stuff like that from Japan, Chiaki was not listed for the majority of it. Until probably at least a few weeks before the first episode came out. I think it was a few days, actually. A few days mm -hmm. or maybe at least a week or so. So, yeah, her story and what's going to happen with her throughout the spare arc, that's going to be interesting. But, why don't we talk about, did anyone have alternate predictions for Chiaki? Because I had two. I had two, just in uh, case, but I If they really recast wanted. her, I would have had a fit. Because... I also would have, but I had two, just in case. I, I had three, just in case. Uh, no I just don't, Chiaki I don't think anyone by. else could really pull off this particular voice or in this particular type of character. She's very, very oh, I particular. Think so. Oh, I agree I'm with saying, you, I too. think there are people. I think people can. Uh, Bryn, Bryn April and Jade Saxon were my two alternates worst-case scenario. I my also worst had Bryn. I also had Bryn as one of my worst-case scenarios. I also had Sarah Wiedenhap and Leah Clark. Okay, I had Bryn, but I also had Jade Serato in there as well. I could not hear Janie in that. I could hear Weed in half. I couldn't hear Janie in that. I mostly, I just want to see Janie do something a little bit different. So um, let's say who it is. Hold on. Hold on. Because we got to pull in that question. So, the person who voices Chiaki in the video game is Christine Marie Cabanos. I, I, know, I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Did we think she was going to reprise her role? I actually said no, I, because I, I had not no. seen Christine Marie Cabanos in any broadcast of. I also said no. I was thinking reason. no until I saw the press release for another show that came out a few days before this one, and that was for Tales okay. of Zestiria the X. And okay. when it was revealed that her and one other Danganronpa alumni were in that original press release... 
all hope was on the table, and I figured, okay, she's coming back. This is a good sign. And see, see, I wasn't paying attention to Tails of Hysteria because I'm not even watching it anyway. So that's something I wouldn't know about. <laughs> so lo and behold, Tails of Hysteria X. This is pretty. What the fuck is happening? So yeah, lo and behold. Um, we did not have any worst-case scenarios, because Christine Marie Cavanos did reprise her role for Chiaki Nanami. So, in terms of other roles you've probably heard her in, uh, you've heard her in El Noah Zero, Ew. Blue Blue Exorcist, As she she's also- she, she, Shut she, up, I know she's she she, now. She is Mako from Kill a Kill. Damn right she is. Uh, she is also- Excuse me, she's also Madoka from Madoka Magica. She is literally God! She is God. She is, uh, Hotaru Tomoe, aka Sailor Saturn for Sailor Moon S. And she is also, oh, she's Silica from Sword Art Online as well. Oh, God, why'd you got tainted? So, how do we feel about Christine Marie Cabanos' performance of Chiaki? Okay. I hit have the some, deck, Lilac. Lilac, hit okay, the deck. No, I have some words. Okay, but... so let's let's do this. Hit. Zenith, I know you and me are gonna have some things to say. I have a coin right now. Let's do a coin flip on who goes first. Okay. Okay, call it. Heads. It was heads. Go. <laughs> um, Chiaki is is just as good, if not better, in. in I, I think what's what's really working about this dub is that we're finally getting to see her um, interact and become and grow as a character because in the game she acted as a mediator between everything that was going on, but she never changed because she was an AI. She was programmed to be a certain way. Here we see her um, in the beginning where she wasn't always like... She had talent and she knew it, but she didn't know how to make friends. And we see her grow and evolve and shape the class around her. She's the glue that keeps this class together. And every single time she appears, every scene that she's in is just wonderful because of the way she brings everything together. Without her, you can tell that this class would fall apart. And that's the big speculation is that... Um, either her death or something to do with her is why they became remnants of despair. We don't know that yet. We don't know what yet. Um, what I will say is I just relate to Chiaki so much because I am ultimate gamer myself. And I can, you know, every single time she talks about how she has all this talent and, and uh, you know, all she is is just good at games and stuff like that. Like, I can completely relate to her. Um... She's my favorite character in the games for a reason. But yeah, uh, I rant over. I just cannot say enough good okay. things about this. Okay, uh, Andrew, how about you? Really? Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna go as quick as I, I can. Uh, you got the uh, g uh, gist about what I liked about her character. Um, I actually think like I there's certain problems I have with the despair arc in general in that I feel like what happens later on is some characters kind of get drowned out away from the central plot and just are kind of there. I think Chiaki has probably one of the biggest, most important, crucial roles in this arc, and they actually do a lot to add to her character. Like, as, as I said before, in the game, she was an AI, she was a speculator, kind of like being there, but not really being completely there. And this shows us who Chiaki the person was. 
And I think that's really interesting because we show her kind of trying to be careful with her wording, trying to be careful, trying to be... She's distant and she doesn't know how to respond to people and she doesn't quite get everybody as well. But she's pushed to try and use those things that she loves, those things she's good at, to make friends with people. And she gets closer to her class and she's one of the most important parts of the 77th class, and she's extremely important to Hajime. All I'm gonna say is Hinanami shippers are in for a fucking gold mine for this show, and I am A-plus for that. Um, uh, Megan, how do you feel about Christine? You're asking me to follow that? Try, um, uh, well, I'm gonna have interesting words, but I wanted you to let your ears out first. I like it. I like the performance. I think it's- it reminds me actually a lot of her Madoka performance. But I also didn't feel like her Madoka performance was 100% the greatest thing on Earth. Um, to me, the best Christina Makata Cabano's role ever is always going to be Mako. Uh, Mako is at her at her best. Um, I like that she's Nanami, and I really like where she's going with her, and I really hope that this character builds into something awesome and a great payoff. But my, she's not my favorite voice in the series. Um, we're actually getting to my favorite voice in the series, uh, very, very soon, but I am more neutral to her performance. And for me, I'm gonna be the slight dissenter. I was not fond of the performance in the video game. I thought it was among one of the weakest performances of the video game. However, that being said, the performance here in the series, I enjoyed so much more because I guess I think part of my problem is is because we don't find out in the video game that Chiaki is an AI until much much later in the game um, during the trial where she ends up being executed uh, quote unquote um, so for the most part like that her personality and that portrayal of the character for the most part I was not really fond of or thrilled with but translating it into the anime Chiaki has a lot more personality, she's really lovable and adorable, and there's a lot more to her here that I can actually enjoy, and I love the performance a lot more in the anime series compared to the, to the video game. Um, but, again, I had to be the slight dissenter on it, but only slightly. Because um, I think, I don't remember which character it was, um, I, and I think Andrew was the one who said it, where he, you thought the performance in the anime was a little bit better than the game. I know. I don't remember which character it I was. I know which character um, it is. We're getting to it. Oh, we haven't gotten to it yet. I thought we already did. Never mind. Um, so, but yeah, for me, Chiaki is definitely the one where I thought the performance was a lot better here than the video game. But the general consensus by the sounds of it in terms of Christine Marie Cabanos' performance of Chiaki... We pretty much really like it. We really like it. Some absolutely love it. Others like it and enjoy it. Um, Save this so... poor child from the depths of Junko's despair. She doesn't deserve it. And let her fucking play video games with Hajime again. God damn it, Kodaka. Okay, so here's my next question for you guys. Um, who's ready to take a trip to the trash can? <laughs> yes, finally! <laughs> um, so the next character we're going to be talking about... Uh, is Nagito Komaida. God uh, bless! Komaida's <laughs> trashy ass! <laughs> Nagito Komaida! It is time to talk about the butt of hope. The butt hope, hope, if you will. Indeed. Yes. So Nagito Komaida, in terms of context, he is, the, he is the ultimate lucky student. Like, the drop-dead ultimate lucky student. 
Like, his luck is either good luck or bad luck. Like, that's a huge thing. Um, but what the what this character is probably most notably known for <laughs> in terms of the game is dude is, dude is batshit crazy. Dude is batshit nuts. He's like, I want to see your hope shine brightest, so I'm gonna make despair happen. Let's, I'm yeah, going so to kill myself, which he actually literally uh, does in the game. And you have you solve my own murder. <laughs> that yeah. trial is one of the single most insane, amazing yes. trials in that game. And, and that trial, I believe, is the one that drops the bombshell that, like, that, well... It doesn't something reveal is not it, right. it insinuates no, it. It insinuates it, but we find out later on that Nagito, before the end of the game happens and these characters survive, um, Nagito did find out before all of these characters, maybe save Mikon, that they were the remnants of the spare. And he wanted to kill them in order to restore the hope. That is fucking exactly. batshit. Okay. I have no shame in saying this. Nakito is probably my other favorite character from this show, aside yes! from Gundam. Nakito is my other favorite character. He is not best boy, but he's my other favorite character for a few different reasons. One of them being he's so fucking batshit insane. I'll save my um, thoughts for him once we. I'll save my thoughts for him. Before we talk about the before we talk about the video game voice actor and whether or not they did reprise their role. Did anyone have alternate predictions? I did not. Oh, yes. No, I yes. I, I did. only had one. I only had one because this was my big one where I was like, this person better reprise their role or I'm going to kill things with fire. Um, but I did have one other alternate prediction. I may as well throw mine out there. I had Aaron Dismuke as an alternate for Nakito. That's who I had as an alternate. But um, I had three. I had four. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Say it with me, everybody. Justin Reiner, God damn it, of course. <laughs> Dallas Reed, yep. Joel McDonald, Rico or Jason Hardo. Lebrecht. Oh, I was going to say or Rico. Jason Lebrecht. Okay. Jason, no, Jason Lebrecht because Yato I, exists. Yeah, okay, I know where you're going with that. Yeah, that yeah I, I know where you're going with that one. Um, mine was a little bit different because Which I know- If you say the words Vic Mignogna, I'm going to kill no, you. No, I've already stated Vic Mignogna <laughs> last, last uh, like earlier on. Um, see- I know how crazy he is, um, and the original voice actor uh, I, I figured would be back because re we'll, we'll get to the reasons. But um, I chose Chuck Huber. Ah, God bless. That is <laughs> a big God bless America. Because because <laughs> imagining Chuck doing Nagito is one of the most glorious things I can imagine. Like that that would just be. Um, the eternal sonata of glorious butt hope right there. Shao Tucker, Shao Tucker would like to talk to you about hope. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what were your alternate picks for Nagito? I had none because I was sure as shit that, Mr. that this guy would reprise this character. For, in terms of the Japanese, the seiyu who voices Nakoto Naegi, uh, excuse me, Nagito Komaida, is the same Seiyu who voices Makoto Nayagi. Can I also say it's now? Now Which, hold on. Now can I also say something about that? What? That in the Japanese, Komaida and uh, Makoto Nayagi are voiced by Shinji fucking Akari. Yep. yep. So get into the goddamn robot, Shinji. So if you saw the podcast episode for Diagon Rob of the Animation. 
you already know that the person who reprised their role for Mokoto Naegi was Bryce Patford. In the video game, he does also play uh, Nagito Komaida. This was the one voice actor where I was like, he better fucking reprise his role or I'm going to kill things with fire. This was the one person. Like, I know, I'm like, Natalie Hoover, Todd Haberkorn, they're givens. I'm not too worried. But this is the one person. Bryce was the one person I really, really wanted to come back, to be quite honest. Um, did anyone, I'm gonna get, did anyone else think or not think that Bryce would come back as Nagito? The, there's I no way in hell that Bryce Pappenbrook to. would not be Nagito, because th there's a very specific reason. I mean, they have Bryce Pappenbrook, obviously, as Makoto. If they, they had they have, Makoto, they had Nagito. Simple as that. Like, they did it in yep. the games, there's no sense in not having it be in the anime, and they did it. Well, it's. So. It's not just in the games, but they it's it's they match the thing that this, they did with the Seiyu as well in Japan. So yeah. why 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 change it? Why do anything to it? And I, I, I it's safe to say that I will not be killing things with fire. Um, Damn it! Because <laughs> Bryce did is reprising his role of Nagito Komaida. Um, hope for everybody! <laughs> Woo! So Woo! dicks up for hope. In terms of other roles for Bryce Pack and Pappenbrook, of course, we, as we've already mentioned, he is Makoto Nayegi for Diagram the Animation. Aaron Yeager. And, we're, and, and we may as well throw us out there now because the, he is. No, Makoto Nayegi is also in the future arc, which we'll get to next time. Shocker. Reprise his role. No surprise there. As Andrew just pointed out, he is Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan. He's also my, my favorite Bryce. Well, maybe not anymore. Um, Staz from Bloodlad. He is in Blue Exorcist. He's Masa Mikima Kita from Dorada. He's Rin from Blue Exorcist. Hey, let's just get it out of the way. He's yes. motherfucking Kirito. Fuck. Uh, we all know we've show. been there. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so, you like that. KG10 told me. <laughs> God damn it. Bryce Pappenbrook, fine purveyor of the Portuguese breakfast. As I was saying earlier, there, the direction for the video game is pretty solid, but it's also kind of spotty in a couple of sections. And I feel that while I understand, like, Bryce in the game was the reason they did that, he was very spotty for me in his standard voice, because in his standard voice, he didn't go for standard Bryce voice, he went for gruffer Bryce voice, and sometimes that's a little jarring. It's a little jarring to hear the, hey guys, hope you know, and I thought it was a strange decision. It wasn't a bad decision. I, he actually really grew on me when he got into his more Kamaida fits, and when he started laughing like a fucking hyena in the first trial, I'm like, okay, you know what? You're good. Stick around. Great. But I feel like in the anime in general, the, the direction for this character is a lot stronger and more consistent with his standard voice. And I think it works better because he's already doing a higher pitch voice for Nike already. Going with his standard tone, or like slightly gruffer, but standard tone for Komaida and the direction he's given in the anime, I feel is a lot more solid and consistent. And I like it a, a little bit better than in the game's performance. Oh, good I God, also, I God. also, I also think Nagito is a piece of shit. Um, and I was very, and I was also very iffy on the performance from Bryce in the beginning when I was watching the playthrough of the game. And then I saw him go batshit crazy. Cuckoo! And then I was like, and then I was also like, okay, you stay, I like you. And then it kept going, and going, and going, and I'm like, 
you're a piece of shit, but I love you. <laughs> so, I have no remember shame. How... I have no shame in saying that. You're a piece of shit, and I love you. And this is so... now probably one of my favorite roles from Bryce. So, you I guys remember... You guys remember how I said I, I'm not as fun as of Bryce's Nagi as everyone else's? Do you love his, his Nagito? Yes. <laughs> uh, He's such a little asshole, and I love it. Uh, my favorite thing is when he's like, he goes into when he's trying to get the sodas. He's like, I've never been so lucky. Like, just the way he gets introduced, I love him, and I think yep. he's great. And I think this is probably one of my favorite prices. But Rin from Blue Exorcist will always be my favorite price. Zenith, how do you feel about Bryce's uh, Maggie Tao? I, I can definitely agree that it's gotten a lot better since the games. Like I liked him in the game, but I can definitely agree that there are some parts that um, he definitely he seemed exactly like he was trying to emulate uh, Makoto instead of becoming his own character. And here, when we actually see him um, back in, you know, when he's at the school, he behaves much uh Similarly, but a much better voice direction, I have to say. And Nagito is one of my favorites. Again, he's the butt hope of our generation. He he is the he is the character who thinks he's doing the right things, and I can understand why he's doing the things he's doing. Um, he wants to make everyone's hope shine brighter, and what better way to do it by doing what he does best? By making every bring everybody together by force. Oh my God! You you want to talk? You want to talk to someone like me? I am truly honored. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, I love that. Hope feels so great. It, yes, it's it's uh it's great. Um, but, but yeah, this is uh, cause I cause I've never been t I've I've never liked Kirito. His performance of Kirito. Aaron Yeager was fine. I love Stas from Blood Lad. He was my favorite Bryce for a while. Nagito is really up there now. <laughs> oh, I love, I love, I love, I love this performance. He's a tragic character, a crazy motherfucker, one of the most aggravating heels in the game, but a really- He's a piece of trash, but, he is but a we brilliant, love him. Brilliant written character. Absolutely. Um, and Bryce's performance is from obviously from what I can tell based on what we're what we're saying right here. We all love it. And even saying it's probably better in the anime series than the video game. I agree. As of right now. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so can are we ready to move on? Because we're down to two characters. Yes. Finally, okay. yay. So the next character, this is the last character from the video game itself. Um, this is the lead character from Daigon Rampa 2, uh, the video game. We're going to be talking about Hajime Hinata. So, and there's a reason why he's not the very, very last person we're going to be talking about today. Um, Hajime Hinata, he is not a super high school level ultimate. We've, in the video game, for the majority of it, he does not know what his ultimate talent is. Later on, we find out he had no talent at all, and he is a reserve course student. The reserve course now the reser is interesting. Yep, the reserve course for Hope's Peak Academy. What that is, it's a, it's like a general academic program, but the students who go there, they have to pay ridiculously high fees 
in order to go. Do you suck at everything the... you do, but your daddy's a little princess? Pay up the butt. You get to play with the big boys, but nobody gives a shit about you because we're using you to fund for human experimentation. That brings, me, that brings me to the other big thing for Hajime. Um, the big thing for Hajime and the big reason why he is brought into the second game um, is that human experimentation because the Board of Trustees for Hope Speak Academy wanted to do human experimentation to create the ultimate. Create the world savior. Yep, and Hajime was the test subject. What came out of it was... Izuru... You done fucked up, son. Izuru, Izuru Kamakura. Kamakura. Technically speaking, he was the hope. He was the hope yep. before he met Junko, but he was probably yep. one of the easiest ones to corrupt because by the end of it, he lost any and all individual personification of personality, was an empty shell, was ready to be yep. used as a pawn by some crazy bimbo with some really, really, really pink hair. And yeah, I was going to Can I please say something real quick? Yeah, by the time we meet Izuru Kamakura, there is not a shred of Hajime left in that person. And the funny thing is, they give him every talent. Every talent in the school, which means he is also the ultimate princess. <laughs> Bless. I mean, have Bless. you seen his hair? Yes. 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 <laughs> Hajime, Izuru, oh Izuru, let down your long hair. Okay, so before Can we I talk say about... something first about his character? Alright. TLDR, his character. You done fucked up, Hope Speak Academy. You basically, yes. Going into uh, voice actors and sh stuff, um, did we have alternate picks for Hajime? I only had one, and it's kind of obvious, all things considered. No. No, and god damn it! I actually did have one, and it's funny enough that this was the one I picked. I swear to god, if this is going where I think it's going, I hate you. It's probably going to be going where you think it's going. Um, Andrew, what was your alternate? Rico Fajardo. Ooh, Wait, it is funnily oh, enough, I, I also had Rico Fajardo. That is not where I thought this was going. No, it's when I tell you my alternate, you're gonna think you're you're gonna know where it's going. That's actually really interesting having Rico come in. That would be an interesting one. Um, my alternate, Megan's gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm um, not gonna kill you at this point. I'm gonna I'm gonna let me guess. Okay, using my super high school level go fuck yourself powers. Is it somebody whose name who rides with Rika Rolurod? Rolusod. Oh. Is it Micah? Yes. I didn't even Mother of God, you two! I didn't even my, my, think really? My alternate was Micah Solasan. That wasn't your first guest to replace you know who? No, but he that literally would have made ran up to this sense. Yep. Cause cause this is oh this God, is gonna segue into this perfectly. Um, so my big reason for picking Micah as my alternate for Hajime was because the voice actor from the video game who voices Hajime is Johnny Young Bosch. And these two have a very similar vocal tone and vocal range. At the very least, can I tell a very quick funny story about voice. these two? Okay, so apparently there was a story one time where Johnny was at Funimation recording something and Micah saw him in the hallway. Micah's immediate reaction was to yell, Daddy! And run at Johnny. 
Because funny story. Because Eureka 7 AO is a thing. Yep. Eureka 7 AO is a thing because Micah plays the lead in that series. And of course, as we all know, Johnny plays Renton in the original series. Now that we brought up Johnny Young Bosch, the question now is, did we think he was going to reprise his role of Hajime Hinata? I figured no. if any, like one of the things I've noticed is at, at very least with the original game, if they couldn't bring back anybody else, they would try and go for the lead. So I figured they would actually go for Johnny on I figured they would go for Johnny too. However, um, I thought only if it wasn't a broadcast dub, because the only broadcast dub, at least that I've heard Johnny in as of now, um, would Do da 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 da. Well, it counts. That's, it counts. That's it counts, but that's also LA. But in terms of Funimation broadcast dubs, however, the only one that I've heard Johnny in would be Yuki Nagato-chan. Oh yeah, that's true. So, I figured if there's an issue with schedules, or I don't even remember if Johnny's union at this point or not, um, if there was any issues, more than likely, um, they would try to bring him back at least if this wasn't going to be a broadcast dub. Uh, Zenith, did you think Johnny was going to be coming back as Hajime? Yeah, I think it would be pretty silly if he didn't come back. I mean, Johnny's... Also another one that's not hard to find in contact, but also because um, he was just such an iconic presence in the first game. Um, much more so than Makoto, because I thought Bryce's Makoto was okay, um, but Hajime, like Jania's Hajime is, is, is really, really good, so I expected him to come back. Basically, Makoto was the precious cinnamon roll that everybody got along with, and he was the perfect self-insert protagonist. Hajime is a sassy piece of shit that doesn't want to deal with anybody. Yeah, kind of. Sass master. Yeah, Megan, I, I don't know if I heard you say, did you think Johnny was going to be coming back as Hajime? I said no, but I also didn't have any predictions because I accidentally forgot to do that. Okay, uh, so... Lo and behold, uh, Johnny Young Bosch did repri is reprising his role for Hajime Hinata, uh, which is awesome because uh, I have some I have some interesting thoughts on it too, actually. But we'll get into that in a second. Uh, in terms of other roles that you've heard Johnny Young Bosch in, most notably in terms of anime voice acting roles, Ichigo Kurosaki from Bleach, Bash the Stampede um, from Trigun, Lelouch from Code Geass. As mentioned previously, he's Renton from Erega Seven. Um, he's Isaiah Orihara uh, from Dorada. Have you watched and the anime dub in the past 20 years? You know who Johnny Young Bosch is. He is Makoto from Free, he... aka Why Megan with Megan Riches He Was Real. Cool. Yep. And <laughs> let's. Is there one other one we can probably throw on here? He's Kiba in Wolf's Reign as well. Oh, yeah, good choice. Um, but and Yukito. But Yukito another Yukito. part of your childhoods, of course, that you might know him from, he's the Black Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Thoughts on Johnny's performance so far as Hajime? How do we feel? He's been playing 16 um, years uh, old. He's been playing 16 year olds for 20 years. He does, knows how to do it. This is another one similar to Bryce, where I wasn't too fond of his performance in the video game, but in the anime, it's growing on me a lot more. The part that I'm going to, that I'm really interested in hearing though, uh, for Johnny, is how it's going to sound when he becomes Izuru. Because we never hear him as that part this of this character. This is true. We never hear him play that character in the video game because the only time we actually see Izuru Kamakura is in a small, like, little flashback memory thing where he's talking to Nakito. I actually think that but was one of my... No, Sorry. But there's no actual, like, 
voice work or audio for that scene. That was actually one of my Be- favorite Because parts. they wanted to make it very um, ambiguous who it was at first. Yeah, I exactly. So I'm really interested to see once Hajime is gone and we get Izuru, how he's going to pull that one. I'm very, very interested and curious of how that one would actually. But as of right now, I definitely think it's a lot... I like the performance in the anime a lot better um, than the video game, just like I do feel with Bryce as well. Mm. I feel like like most of the time he's just kind of doing his typical tone, but the final trial is basically where everything comes out, and I heard Johnny go nuts. Like, actual, like, panicking, shitting my pants. What the fuck? And it was great. I, I, I held the mic too long. You go. You go. Go before he starts going into theories again. Boy, do I. Um, I, I just want to say, like, Johnny Young Bosch as this character is simply perfect. The moment where you, uh, at the end of the second game where he shouts, you know, create your own future. It doesn't matter. Like, he has this impossible choice to make. The way he sells this... Um, is is simply perfect, and the fact that he came back is wonderful. Um, again, like that ending to the the final few chapters of that game made me fall in love with the franchise, um, even though they kill everyone I love. Mm. Now do you, that, now you know how I fucking feel about say, Tokyo Ghoul. That's the point of this series. You kill off every single character you love, and then you leave the shit characters that are trash like Nagito for a while. <laughs> And, and then and, you kill him. <laughs> and, and then they have the uh, the the thirty percent prediction character who's still around for some reason. Holy shit! God damn! Die, Hagakure! Die! His hair. But, anyway. uh, can I? Yes. Oh, how do you? How, are you still going, honey? No, I'm done. Say, how, how do, how are you, you sure? I didn't know how I felt about Johnny as Hajime in the game. He's my favorite voice in the dub. Really. Ooh, okay. I love Hajime's voice in the dub. I couldn't really tell it was him for a couple of times. Like, I honestly got, I was like, wait, this is Johnny Bosch? I was like, wait, this sounds nothing like Johnny Bosch to me. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I love the way that this character is written, and I love the way he's performed. I love, like, that you can kind of hear he's really stuck between a rock and a hard place. His his path to hell is weighted with good intentions, and I honestly enjoy the stuff between him and Chiaki a lot. Oh, that's mm. and it's it's very heartbreaking because you can see both sides of the struggle. You can totally see why he would um, go after that talent, but you can see why he's so teetering on the edge because he's helping like, Chiaki and she's helping him. But even then. He's so fucks everything every up. Every time it feels like every time it feels like they make a progression forward, he takes two steps back. And yep. Juzo fucks um, everything up. Oh boy, am I gonna have it, words? Oh, that's next time. Mm. And it feels like that um, Hajime needs help. Like he's crying out in his own way for help, but no one's really listening. But Chisa and Chiaki but they're both not in the place where they can do anything to help him. Hope's Peak Academy is not a place for help. It is a place for talent or get the fuck out. That is how it works. 
No, it's a place and for I, talent or get the fuck out or human experimentation. It is basically <laughs> so really, a it is a metaphor for the school system in Japan. Yes. Talents or GTA. Yes, actually. Um, actually, yeah, now you say that. Mm-hmm. But um anyway. I really, 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 really want to see where Izuru goes, especially with the um raindrops keep falling on my head game. Um mm. God bless you, Ferella, you beautiful bastard. Um, so uh, that's my my two cents on this. So let's get to the other thing I'm right about. Oh, the other thing I'm also right about too. Okay, to God sum up. It. Okay. Hajime. Sum up, yeah. Is Johnny Young Bosch is Johnny Young Bosch. He does a great job, but I. F- Johnny Young Bosch is up there for one of my uh, voice acting black magical words for this. Oh yeah, there we go. I had no idea that was there. We go. Like- there Ten minutes. I was like, Jesus Christ, who is this Iconic guy? voice. I was like, this isn't J. Great character. Really interesting tragedy of a character. And it's going to be very interesting to how this performance progresses from here on. Ooh, I'm very curious. Mm, absolutely. Again, because we haven't heard Izuru in the game. So it'll be very interesting to hear how Johnny pulls that character off. Um, but anyway, time to move on to our final character of the night. Uh, so, this character is not in the video game. This character what? is unique to the anime series, both both arcs of Daigoromba 3. However, she plays a very integral role in Despair Arc in particular. Um, we're going to talk about the 77th class's homeroom teacher, Chisa Yukizome. She is, uh. an, alumni of, she is an alumni of Hope's Peak Academy. Uh, she is the former super high school level housekeeper. 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 Let's go with that. Housekeeping. Basically, yeah. Um. So. Uh, no, 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 no. We need more lemon pledge. Oh goddammit. it! <laughs> housekeeping. She, I come in now. But she is basically the person who brings all these ultimates into this classroom and gives them a chance to experience their youth and their high school days. Now I now I'm just imagining her at Mitai's door going housekeeping. Oh, I come in housekeeping. But at the same time, she is also at Hope's Peak Academy undercover, trying to dig up all these secrets that Hope's Peak Academy is hiding, including the human experimentation that Hajime goes. Um, be- Human experimentation for kids. Yep, because there are a few characters that are also in the despair arc, which we won't cover today. We will be seeing them a lot more in the future arc, um, and they are integral because later on Chisa is a part of the future foundation. Uh, <laughs> we'll be seeing those characters in, a, in from the future arc in one of our future arcs. Oh, but um. So predictions for Chisa Yukizome. I had two, but I did this get did get this one correct. <laughs> I am very happy about this. Uh, Megan, I think you said you got Chisa correct as well. I got Chisa correct, but I have one, two, three other wrong predictions. Okay. And I assume Andrew and Zenith also have predictions as well for Chisa. Mm-hmm. I do not. I had two predictions. You do not. Okay. Because I, uh, I did not think uh, we would be discussing her at this session. <laughs> oh, no, because she... Here, okay, here's the other thing. Spoilers for Future Arc right off the bat. Chisa dies at the end of episode one. Done. So we're bringing her into Despair Arc because she plays a larger role in Despair Arc compared to Future. So, uh, Andrew, do you want to go first with your predictions for Chisa? Trina, Nishimura, and Jade Saxon were my predictions for Chisa. Okay. 
Uh, my two, I of course I'll save the one I got correct for later. My other prediction was actually Brina Valencia. Uh, uh, my predictions for Chisa I got wrong were Jeannie Torado, Lucy Christian, and Trina Nishimura. Okay, so we got two for Trina. A, a very wide and interesting range. Um, but the person who did get this role, uh, my first choice, right off the bat, for me at least, um, Colleen Clinkenbeard is the voice of Chisa Yukizome. That was my other prediction. Yep. So Megan and I got, Megan and I did get this one correct. If you have not heard of Colleen Clinkenbeard before, some roles you've probably seen her in. Uh, niece Hollystone from Bacano. She is in. She's Rachel Moore for Case Closed. She's Urza. She's Urza Scarlet from Fairy Tale. Of course, as well as Luffy from One Piece. I gotta throw that in there because we have Zenith in the room. Uh, she's also Kinami's mom. <laughs> yep. She's Riza Hawkeye, another notable role from Fullmetal Alchemist. And let's throw in. For something recent, Octavia from Garo the Animation. She's also um, Hana from the Wolf Children. Yes, right, that is also right. true. She she got to go. She fucked the Wolf Man. Twice. She, she, no, she she did. She, oh wait, she fucked Growly McGrowlpants. Growlpants. I forgot because Dave Matranga is the. Whoa, wolf he man. was as this Growly McGrowlpants. She she, anyway. she rode that red rocket till the sky was white. <laughs> God damn. Anyway, um, so how do we feel about Colleen's performance uh, as Chisa? I really like Chisa. I, was, I will I save my Lisa. rant for a second. I, I, oh, good God. I know, I'm about to say, I know Zenith has a bit of a rant. I love Chisa. I love Chisa. I love Chisa. I love Chisa. Uh, Chisa's my waifu. I was pleasantly surprised, actually. This was not, like, my first ideal choice for this character, but I actually think, like, she's got a lot of, like, she's got a lot more personality in this than in future, because in future, she's just cute and dead. But in this, yeah. she's got a lot more versatility to her, and she's kind of eccentric, she's kind of a badass, she's kind of scary and menacing, She's, yeah. ki but she's extremely focused on her goals and ambitions, and I actually really like the part where she's talking to Juzo about how, like, they're gonna follow Munakata to the ends of the earth. It's like, I'm not gonna let you steal Munakata from me. And I was like, okay, that's funny. But she's she's a really funny, really all over the place character where it's like, while I, while I like I said, to have somebody to be on par with the 77th class, you need somebody to match their energy. And Chisa yeah. can match their en energy and eccentricity Pretty well. And and then so. <laughs> My thought process in predicting Colleen was actually kind of interesting. Because when I was watching the Japanese, the first voice that actually came to mind in terms of the dub was actually Caitlyn Glass. So, again, we already know Caitlyn is somewhere. Yep. Because, again, make, coming up with alternate predictions and everything, it was rather difficult because I had to keep in mind we already had a shit ton of voice actors come in for the first game, I had the same, Caitlyn. I had the same problem because I was going to predict Felicia on Geo, but then I'm like, oh wait, she's Swimmer Girl. Yep. So, from there, I was like, who could play Chisa? Caitlyn was the first one coming to mind. I'm like, okay, but Caitlyn's already kitty giddy. Is there someone who can sound slightly similar to that 
and then Colleen came to mind. Because I've seen Colleen take on similar characters with that kind of personality before. I mean, Niece Hollystone, while she kind of has this New York, Brooklyn accent going on, is... Chicago. It's a Chicago accent. Chicago. Excuse me. She is fairly similar in terms of that eccentric personality to a point. So, I was like, okay, I can definitely see Colleen in here. and That's kind of my thought process in predicting Colleen. Zenith, I know you have words. Yes. Um, Let me just say, to preface this... Um, I don't think this is the worst casting decision. I still think that Peko and Fuyuhiko are probably the worst of the replacements. Um, but I did not like this casting at first. Um, for the first episode, I thought her voice was incredibly forced. I thought she was trying to be way too soft-spoken, but her voice was not high-pitched enough to convey it, especially when she said... Oh god, I died. I did not feel any emotion or the same weight from the Japanese performance because I had just seen that. I had seen Chisa in the Japanese and she's very um, moe. She's very, very um, higher pitched. And I don't think the actress can reach that level in the fact that she doesn't... She, she tries to get there, but she can't quite get there. It comes across as incredibly forced. I did not like it at all in the first episode for there's something oh when you're done that i'll say about that but yeah i'll uh, say something first. about that too but you, you finish but what about episode uh, two now 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 this this t- this is uh this is true of both episode one of future and despair just so you know but by episode two and three i thought it had gotten better not necessarily the best i still don't think it's great but i tolerated her and i think she did well going uh going with the cast she was given but i think my biggest complaint was she and uh, peko uh in the same scene together um just didn't work and i think both of those characters really uh clashed in in many ways thankfully they don't uh, interact that much in the second episode, and a lot of the second episode is dedicated to that hilarious, um, sexy, sexy juice. And she did a great job with that particular episode. And from then on, I thought it was good, not great. But I, I kind of hated her in the first episode. In the off chance, if you ever get to watch anime commentaries, uh, please go watch episode one of Assassination Classrooms, of all things. Um... Because her, Afia, and Joel actually talk about something, and it's Bitch Sensei. And if you're wondering why Bitch Sensei is coming into all this, it's something they were talking about in the way that Bitch Sensei presents herself to other people, and how Bitch Sensei was presenting herself to the class the first time they met each other. Uh, where, like, how Bitch Sensei had the moe moe cute kind of voice in front of, like, Koro Sensei when he was trying to seduce her in the oopsies, I dropped something, sexy voice, and then her, like, deeper, like, okay, class, fuck all y'all kids voice. Um, in Japan, she's Afia, at least, at least in Afia's take, is sometimes directors don't always differentiate between those two spectrums of a personality. The character will keep the same voice all the way through. In the U.S., to show a difference in the personality, they'll tell the actress to potentially either lower their voice or change their voice. 
And I think that's what works with Tisa, because I think in that moment she's kind of sarcastically detached to her own death. Where she's like, oh, hey, I died. Oh, I should have seen this coming with kind of, like, I feel like she's, like, bitter and sarcastically looking back at that scene. So I did find myself in that moment actually kind of believing her. Yeah, I kind of saw, I kind of saw that moment in particular. She was kind of nonchalant about it. Like, the person, Chisa's personality, like, it kind of, what I get out of it, she's not the kind of person that, to like, if she finds something out that's, like, probably super obvious, she doesn't freak out or cry. Like, she's kind of nonchalant about it. So again, oh, I died. Oh, okay. <laughs> she kind of just accepts it, and she's all good. Um, and then in terms of everything else for episode one for Colleen here, she's a new homeroom teacher. This is her first day teaching class, and all of her students, except for probably a small handful of them, don't actually attend the class. So she's working her best to try and get them here and to show that she is a good teacher. So she's also trying to impress these students. So there might be moments where it doesn't seem to line up that well, but she's, but you gotta remember, she's trying to impress these kids as well as a new homeroom teacher after we have drunky McDrunk pants over here uh, barfing, who we'll meet in the future arc. Um, we'll meet him in the future. Meet him in the future, yes. Um, but my point is, episode one, while it may kind of seem rough, I think a lot of, there are a good amount of points that are rather justified with a mix of Chisa's personality and then the situation that she is in at that first episode. That's just how I feel about it. I think it's one of her more, like, diverse, kind of going all over the place in different, like, spectrums, where, of course, she's cutesy, sarcastic, kind of ditzy, but also a little bit of a crazy, neurotic badass. And, like, when she threatens Fuyuhiko with the knives, I yes. lost it. Th I see, that was not. actually really good. I liked her when she was threatening, and I think that was, was when um, her regular voice came out, and I think that was fine. Um, it just, th there are a lot of times where I thought it was forced, but this is, um, to be honest, I've been having this problem with Colleen a lot, because it took me a long time to get used to her as Luffy. I think she's very forced as Luffy at times. I was about to say, admittedly, I will say that took me a bit too, but this was me when I was like a like teenager watching Toonami, and then it flips from the four kids down yeah, to the Yeah, that was jarring. Down. That was jarring, and then Luffy was one of the reasons why I stopped watching the show at that time. And then realized yeah, that I like um, Luffy's performance better than the, four, than the four kids, honestly. I think the consensus in terms of Colleen's Chisa... Unique. It seems rather, it seems rather mixed among the four of us, um, but it is definitely a unique take, and I, but by the sounds of it, it seems like we're all really at least enjoying it, and we're liking it a lot more um, by the end of episode three. That being said, what are our overall thoughts on the dub of Daganronpa 3, The Spare Arc, as of right now? I'll go last, but I'll make it quick when I do it. You always like going last, don't you? My thesis um, isn't ready for this part, so it'll be short. <laughs> Andrew, uh, okay. Um, I guess I'll go first, because I'm sleepy and need OJ and to poo. Um, <laughs> We're back to Yet again, I have despair poops. Oh, Lord. Um, I really, really fucking like this dub. 
Um, I really, really like this part of the show, um, but I'm also following the dub only, so again, things can change week to week. Um, uh, I really... God, it's really hard to explain why I really like this dub. Um, it brings together a lot of actors I don't get to hear a lot in dubs, mostly because they're trapped behind this nasty, nasty company called Anaplex. Not really. Um, they're trapped in California. Well, a lot of the dubs that they're, they're... A lot of their dubs that they're in, um... California-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so, rarely I have to wait till Netflix comes out, or hope oh, they show up on Toonami, and that doesn't always work well. Um... And more times I hear Carrie Keenan and dubs, uh, the happier I am, actually. Um, I really want to see where this dub goes. I want to see where it goes with the show. I know there's some pretty fucked up shit coming. Oh, yeah. Um, raindrops keep falling on my head. Um, but I really want to see where this goes. I think Bevins and, uh, the assistant director, whose name I'm currently forgetting right now. Christian Lamont. Um, did a really good job with it. Um, obviously, I think there's stuff that can be cleaned up in the DVD release. Uh, but again, a really solid dub, and I can't wait to hear where it's going to go. Okay, I'll go next. Um, so first of all, 10 out of 15 video game voice actors coming back. Not too shabby. Gonna say that. Because I know I've seen... There was a point where I saw some stupid tweets where, like, People got mad. How dare you not get the full Game Pass? No, yeah, no, no. Someone was apparently like, oh, they all fucked this up again. They're like, what's the one person they only got back? They only got one person back from the video game. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Did you even look at the press release? <laughs> you don't know, do you? So 10 out of 15. I think we have a pretty good, in- this is a pretty good indication that they were really able to bring more people in and... I don't want to necessarily say Funimation learned their lesson from the first one, but I, that's the best way I can kind of describe the situation. Um, but in terms of the dub here, we're getting to see these characters a lot more, and some that I could I found forgettable in the video game, I'm seeing a lot more and getting a lot more from them, and they're standing out to me, like Mahiru and Paco. Um, and the five replacements that we do have, Aaron, Claren, Morgan, Scott, and Brina, for the most part, I'm gonna they're really solid. For the most part, with probably a couple exceptions here and there that still I need to have, have work with and grow on. And then there are performances such as Christine as Chiaki and then Bryce as Nagito, which I found a lot better in the anime compared to the video game. Um, Johnny too, actually. And so... I have to say that this is kind of a like, in terms of the original voice actors coming back from the English dub of the video game, there are performances that just are a step up from the video game dub. The replacements, while they are good replacements, of course, it's gonna be a mixed bag, um, but I overall think the dub for this is solid. Again, I'm curious as to a few different things, such as how Johnny's gonna portray Izuru, um, how the Ryota ultimate imposter situation's gonna go, and then to slightly bring this up for two seconds, how the Junko and Mikuro Ukusaba situation's gonna go. That's gonna be interesting um, when, when we finally see Junko in the Despair arc uh, and her sister. So there's a lot going on, it's very interesting, but I'm gonna say that the dub is very solid right now. Definitely definitely a lot better than the last one as of right now 
um, in terms of direction, writing, casting, of course. <laughs> but I am really enjoying this, and I cannot wait to see um, not only how the dub progresses, but the show itself. Because um, the show's not done at the time of recording this episode, so we still have a ways to go. Uh, but that's how I feel about it. Zenith, how do you feel about the overall dub? I um I highly enjoy this dub. The fact that they were able to get so many uh, of the cast back is admirable, but I think the direction is what stands out the most to me because a lot of these performances are as good or sometimes even better than the game. Uh, they got so many back. Most of the replacements work. Again, I did have three that I did not care for that much, but honestly... Um, in the game, there were two characters I didn't like anyway. The, there's always at least, like, two weaker characters in the games to begin with. So the fact that I loved as much of it as I did is a testament to the direction here. I think they did a fantastic job bringing these characters into a new scenario. Um, I mean, I'm loving the, the anime right now regardless. But the fact that this dub is so good, better writing, better characters... Um, in terms of voice acting, just, just all around, this eclipses season one. This is, Absolutely. this is simply, like, if you compare it to season one, it's no contest. This is worthy of your time and praise. Um, but just on its own, I, I just, I'm blown away by what they were able to do with the dub this time around. So, um, so far, I give it two thumbs way way up and when i eventually get around to reviewing uh danganronpa you can best believe that i will give this a recommendation all right andrew okay so my my statements of the series of danganronpa 3 as a whole will save for the final part the dub i was really bitchy about the original danganronpa the animation in a lot of regards from the direction, to the writing, to the rush job adaptation. And even though I wanted that rush job adaptation for Danganronpa 2, what I got was much better as a show in general. What I got from direction was actually slightly stronger in certain regards from the game than, than it's, that's shown in the anime. The writing is so much fucking better. I can believe this is actually... So much better. I can believe, and even the changes that they do make, I can believe that they would be said, and they're not too distracting. The fact that And they, the jokes that they make are so much better. Oh, absolutely. Sword hand and down. just... The fact that they went the extra mile for this one really shows a lot. I'm not even mad at that they couldn't get some people because unions and scheduling is a bitch. Uh, what are you gonna do? But honestly, I'm very proud of Bevins and Christian Lamonte and Funimation that they did go the extra mile to bring these this wonderful cast of characters back to life. And even the casting additions and new people. I think Scott Frerichs is great as Gundam, and I've wanted to see him in more t title characters regardless. I'm cope I see him in more things. Uh, who's the other? Morgan Garrett is perfect as Akane. Um, Ibuki's pretty good, and Fuyuhiko and Peko, they're growing on me. And just seeing all of this, seeing this lore, seeing this story, seeing this tragedy come to life is all I really wanted 
I wanted the fan service moments, I wanted my OTPs, which I kinda get in Heen Anonymy, because yeah, but I wanted OTPs, I wanted the fan service moments, I get those, but what I really wanted was to see this story unfold and this tragedy happen before my eyes, and I got it. And, and on that note, I think we're basically ready to wrap this up. Lilac, let's wrap this up. I really need to take a Jurassic shit. Yeah. Jurassic you- shit! <laughs> Thank you, need I. If you would like to fall into despair such as we have, I am happy to tell you that you can see Diagon Rampa 3, the end of Pulse Peak Academy's despair arc. It has been licensed by Funimation Entertainment, and you can watch it with their Funimation Now subscription service, both the simulcast as well as the broadcast dub. Uh, if you would like to see it, it both the simulcast and broadcast dub air on Thursdays. I don't specifically know what time, and it kind of depends because delays are a bitch, but we'll get that more to that with future arcs specifically. Um, but in terms of, of course, being able to watch it in ter- from Funimation, the Japanese simulcast is free for users, minus, I believe, the latest episode. And then, if you want to watch the broadcast dub, uh, the majority of it, except for maybe episodes one and two, is behind the Elite Subscriber pay subscriber Paywall, uh, which you can sign up for if you'd like. They do have a 14-day free trial that they always offer, um, where you can watch a variety of English dubs, not just Diagon Rampa 3. Um, but again, as always, remember that if you do not want to keep the subscription service at the end of the 14 days, cancel it because it, it does ask for credit card information. If you don't cancel it, they will start pulling money from your account. But again, personally for me, and I know of a, a lot of us um, uh, from the Dub Talk crew, uh, we really do like the subscription service and it's very nice. Um, but keeps us busy. anyways, keeps us, yeah, yeah. Funimation, you goddamn bastards. Um, <laughs> but um, of course, this is not the end for us here. We have one more Daiganrapa episode to talk about, and that is Daiganrapa <sighs> 3, the future arc, which takes place after the second game, which takes place after the video game Ultra Despair Girls. This is basically the end of the franchise we're going to be tackling next, um, and you will get to hear that from us very soon. Uh, but in terms of if you would like to see or hear anything else that the four of us do, because we will be back again. Uh, of course, you can follow Megan uh, for a variety of different things. She is part of the Anime America podcast for youtube.com slash Anime America podcast, as well as a seasonal contributor for Infinite Rainy Day. And if you want to follow... She also bitches about being vitamin D deficient a lot now because she is. Yep. She is super high school weeaboo. <laughs> and if you want to follow her on Twitter, you can follow her at Queen Era 2. Uh, Zenith, of course, also does plenty of reviews and histories of One Piece and really long-ass videos. And if you'd like to follow her on Twitter, she is at Zenith Will Rule. Uh, and YouTube channel, before I forget, is uh, youtube.com slash Zenith Will Review, correct? That is also correct. Wanted to make sure. How do you spell uh, review? And... <laughs> R-E-V-I-E-W. Just making sure. Yeah, because my Twitter handle is a little bit different. Um, as for Andrew, uh, he is part of Free Victims Watch Sword Art Online. I'm not sure if all of your episodes are up yet. I know you finished Sword Art Online, but I don't know if all the uh, episodes themselves are on YouTube yet. Um, but you can also follow him 
on YouTube at MangaMan9000, or if you like, you can also read um, his seasonal reviews on Infinite Rainy Day as well. As for me, of course, as always, you've clearly found this channel from this podcast. Um, so if you want, you can subscribe here for more episodes of the podcast or more things from me, such as reviews, top tens, vlogs, a variety of different things. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I believe that about sums it up. <laughs> yep. How, how do I subscribe? Do I, is there a button? There's a button. It's probably uh, below the video. It's a nice are you going to pimp your Patreon? Subscribe. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Um, Give this woman money to make things, you whores. <laughs> I do have a Patreon where it helps me um, create more content and projects. And for Dub Talk specifically, there is a stretch goal for me um, in being able to try and get audio versions of the podcast onto SoundCloud. Um, so if you want to have more dub talk on the go rather than wasting data on your phone print that money. uh you can oh, yeah you can fireworks out you can you can help out jesus christ you can help out um i would greatly appreciate it. i know members of the dub talk crew would greatly appreciate it as well so that way we can get more more dub talk out to you give her enough place. money that she can afford a fucking passport <laughs> we are not going to chuck e cheese in canada while we're at yomacon no <laughs> Good lord. Um, but with that all being said, I believe we are done for the night. And looking at all of this audio. Oh lord. Um, Suck it. Suck it, Team My Hero. Four we hours, are somehow four hours. Hours. and I are all involved. The longest recording we've ever done was My Hero. Oh, yeah, boy, My Hero's yeah. recording was initially three hours. I'm pretty sure this topped it. But the final recording will probably have a lot of cuts in it. Um, probably. Anyways. I, I hope you guys are ready and looking forward to the four of us coming back and wrapping up this whole Diagon Rapa shenanigans. We're almost at but, the finish line, people. The journey's nearing its end. This uh, fucking battle of hope and despair. Kodaka, you piece of shit. You better fucking keep Nanami alive. I will riot. If if Chiaki is sacrificed, then I I will renounce re everything. See, there, I there will be rioting in the chance. streets. She might survive, and I don't know. But but the the thing we know that will at least survive by the end of Despair Arc is that what of hope. Hagakure is gonna fucking live because he is the most insane. How are you still alive, motherfucker? He's 30% right. 30%. 30% Anyway, anyway, on that note, before we go back to derailing about waifus and butts of hope and crazy shit, we're calling it a night. Oh, yeah. Have a good night, everyone, and otaku on, my friends. And watch out for that butt of hope. Despair butt to hope. you all. Bye,